myself in the evening breeze Listen to the murmur of the cottonwood trees Send me off forever, but I ask you please Don't fence me Well, 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 well. Happy Thursday, everybody. Good morning this morning. Good morning, you bunch of drunks. Good morning this morning. Let me find it. Let me find it. Good morning. Uh-huh. Yes, everybody. Good morning. Good morning. Good morning. I had the volume up on that one yet. Ah, it's, a, it's, you know, we're just kind of working on things. Let's get it all together. Everybody's getting it all together, everybody. Oh, come on. I know. I know. We're trying to get it together. We're trying to get it going on. Yeah, I know. Everybody says I am. Well, good morning. I noticed Mama K's on uh, with us. I just want to let you know, I just posted something on the Facebook page detailing our little tour that I took, a little behind-the-scenes tour with uh, Lacey and uh, Reinhardt over there at hauntedstltours.com. Put all the pictures up there, and it was indeed a fascinating day and a fun day, I got to tell you. And I put it all down there, and a couple things, takeaways of this. First of all, you need to become a friend of Bell Fountain Cemetery. It helps them. They're all volunteer, and they are preserving history and our history and preserving the people that made uh, this uh, city what it is and built this city, and it's a pretty fascinating tale uh, individually of all these individuals. And uh, then we also have, of course, including even the – the vaunted uh, mausoleum of the uh, the steamboat captain. So, uh, Mr. Wall, Steamboat Captain Wall, 
Uh, very fascinating little tale. I put some pictures up there of him. Two kids lost at sea, and they also have like a hanging uh, whale uh, cask of some kind. It was really kind of crazy. And uh, then also one of the things I also learned was that Calvary uh, Cemetery is really dilapidated, the Catholic cemetery there. And uh, hopefully we can uh, start a plan someday down the line to get to that similarly cared for the way uh, Bell Fountain is. So good morning, everybody, and welcome to the show. And Gia Valenti is going to be in just a little bit. We're going to hit up uh, the uh, great Jimmy Hoff, the Gateway Pundit, and we are live in the Discovery Design Studios, discoverydesigninc.com. And uh, I guess you guys missed him, huh? Did, did you miss uh, John Kerry? Yeah, I didn't either. So John Kerry with his plastic face is back. This time, John Kerry with his weird plastic face. And I don't know whether you guys have seen him lately or whether you guys have looked at this guy lately, but he is, it's like he's wearing some kind of, well, a mask. He just looks really weird. He has been so plastic surgeonized and so Botoxed and everything else. And normally I'm not really, I, I, I don't really get, try to get too hung up on the whole visual, the cosmetic side of things. I, you know, I don't want to take cheap shots at people, but uh, Carrie looks ridiculous. I mean, if you're that old of a man and you've got a face that where you look like that cat lady from Hollywood, whatever her name is, and, that, and that's the problem with these plastic surgeries and things is they all wind up looking the same. Everybody winds up looking the same, like that cat lady. It doesn't matter what you do, whether it does something to your lips or whether it does something to your eyes or whatever. Everybody winds up looking the same. You'd think by now they would have they would have perfected plastic surgery or at least advanced plastic surgery to a to a point where you can actually like everybody doesn't just look the same. Like John Kerry doesn't look anything different than Cat Lady, who doesn't look anything different than that dude who. Who is remember oh Mickey O'Rourke that a hole who hates Donald Trump yeah he looks he looks like John Kerry now they both look like that cat lady now it's like okay guys you're old okay it's okay you don't have to sit there and fill every crevice of your face with plastic it looks ridiculous and John Kerry I think wants to run for president that's where we're going to see uh, this playing out john there's no other reason john Kerry was on cnn he was on the colbert report he's been all over the joint and my guess is that he is looking and dabbling in the idea of running for president keeping in mind that no matter what these people are throwing to anybody else whatever what 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 they try to throw at the president uh, no matter what they're attempting to do, uh, President Trump is going to swap whoever runs against him in 2020, and that's just the case. And no one, as President Trump pointed out yesterday, has accomplished more than he has. No president really has done as much in the first 600 days of his presidency than Donald J. Trump. That's just the fact. And so, yeah, John Kerry, Joe Biden was out, been out there, you know, and it's just uh, Cory Booker. Uh, these guys don't stand a chance. This country's not ready for it and and not ready just to kind of like say, oh, yeah, you you were right about Donald Trump. And see, that's the problem with 
this whole deal regarding this op-ed piece that came out in the New York Times. And this is, by any measure, an attempt by the deep state in some way, shape, or form to undermine the will of the people and to undermine the individuals who uh, who are actually working hard uh, as we told them to when we elected Donald Trump as president of the United States. So these individuals are working hard. They, they're claiming it's a high-level administration official, and as uh, most people have been able to point out, that could be anybody. That could be anybody in the deep state. It could be John Brennan, for crying out loud. I mean, you, who, who technically, even though he, does, he did lose his clearance. So let me see. Let's, it could be James Clapper who still could be considered an administration official. It could be somebody in the FBI. There are people who just simply tell other people that they are an administrative uh, administration official, and it could, be, it could be a long list of people. We don't know who it is, but it's pretty clear that this person is attempting in some way, shape, or form to undermine ultimately the will of the people, and that's, that's really what's going on here. So John Kerry decides he's going to push it further because then this op-ed comes out. I do not believe that the New York Times should have printed this. I, I know that if you look back at why the New York Times, for instance, did not print stories about Harvey Weinstein, it was because they pointed out they didn't have any cooperation or anybody on the record. Like the New York – the NBC is saying they didn't cover this because they didn't have somebody on the record. Now what are they doing? They're covering this op-ed piece, and they don't even know who it is. They don't even know who wrote it. They don't even know for a fact that it was actually a a thing, whether it's true or not. But they printed it anyway to undermine the country and undermine the president. And when they're undermining the president, they're undermining the country, and they're actually going against the will of the people. But what else is new? These guys have been trying this for God knows how long, since the president was inaugurated. All the deep state, all the guys underneath have been attempting to roll back the success of this administration. And the more successful he becomes, the less they like it. And so John Kerry, who is used to selling his country down the river, swift boat John, decides he's going to swift boat Donald Trump and swift boat the country and swift boat you as a Trump voter by going with his plastic face onto Stephen Colbert's show. And I won't even get, get into the question of what actually is on Stephen Colbert's face, so I'm not going to get into that. But I want you to hear uh, John Kerry, who wants to be your next president of the United States, by the way. This ought to go over well. That scares the hell out of me. <laughs> okay. No, you know, I mean, first of all, there is a reassurance. It means that for James Buchanan, he's no longer the worst president. <laughs> ha, ha, ha. Uh, yeah. I'm a Harding man. Yeah, it's funny. Did you notice, first of all, how the audience responded to that when he made that there joke? adults in the room. Does this comfort you in any way? That scares the hell out of me. Okay. No, you know, I mean, first of all, there is a reassurance. It means that for James Buchanan, he's no longer the worst president. It took them a while until maybe the applause lights went on or maybe they told them to go ahead and start screaming and whatever. But, 
you notice the audience really, A, either didn't get the joke because they don't know who James Buchanan is, which is highly likely given the educational richness of this country. These people, half of them probably went all the way through high school still not knowing who James Buchanan is. And then you had the possibility that they don't believe that Donald Trump is the worst president since James Buchanan. Many of them might actually be prospering and having a wonderful time of it and actually experiencing the prosperity we're all seeing. Some of them might see their neighbors who've been finally getting a job, whatever. Who knows? But for whatever reason, that joke lagged. And it could be a number of reasons, but it wasn't until everybody was told to get in line and start cheering like monkeys uh, that they went ahead and cheered. But John Kerry continues. Here. Uh, yes. Look, uh, actually, it's really serious. It's, uh, it's foreboding in so many different ways because it really means... I mean, you have somebody stealing something off the president's desk in order to prevent him from making a decision. You have him ordering generals to do something, and within a moment of them being ordered, they turn to their fellow generals and say, we're not doing that. Did that happen when you... I mean, first of all, actually, no, Colbert's question should be, did that happen? Because we don't know that that happened. And it's one of the reasons why John Kerry, who is actually used to misrepresenting and lying about things that happened, if you want to wander back to his testimony, Swift Boat Johnny's testimony back there during the Vietnam War, if you want to go back to that, John Kerry is used to undermining the facts and also just inventing realities for the purposes of his own aggrandizement. But it's not a foregone conclusion. Any of what is written in that op-ed is true. We're working for the president of the United States. Did you ever steal a treaty off of his desk or anything like that? No, no. no it never happened. You know, Stephen, what it really means is we, we don't have a, a, a president. And, and we have a president who's there, but he is not uh, capable of doing the job or living up to the responsibilities. And that you can imagine what people all around the world are reading. I mean, yeah, I, well, of course, because that's what the New York Times wants them to read. But if you can... If you can imagine a person who is going on the air or living up to the responsibilities and and happened you know, and Stephen, what it really means is we we don't have a, a, a president. I mean, do you think that's a responsible thing for an a so-called American statesman to say in the public arena based on an anonymous editorial? Do you really believe that that's something that John Kerry? actually should credibly go on the air and say that it really means we don't have a president. And as far as I'm concerned, and I don't like the idea necessarily of, of, of calling people traitors all the time. I'm, I'm not in, I'm not really in that, in, in that realm all the time, but I will tell you that it certainly undermines America. It certainly undermines what we are doing. It certainly is, not American in any way, shape, or form, in my opinion, to be in a position that Kerry is in and decide you are going to say to the world that what this all means is we really don't have a president. That's, at that point, an attempt 
and and it's the deep states states attempt to just simply pull the rug out from underneath the will of the people and the people who duly voted President Trump in. And now they're just trying to pretend like we really don't have one and that he must be somehow removed. Now, to the ethics of the New York Times actually printing this story, which to me, again, this op-ed is traitorous, it's treacherous, it is un-American, and for the New York Times to go ahead and print a story or print an op-ed, it's different if you are using anonymous sources in a news story, but it's a little different when you're using an anonymous source as an op-ed piece. Now, it's, it's true. Editorialists do tend to uh, hide behind what they say, like, for instance, the editorial board uh, of the Post-Dispatch, which is going to be sued by me uh, down the line, when they printed an editorial accusing me of sexually assaulting or threatening to sexually assault David Hogg, they, it was by the editorial staff. They didn't associate a name to it, which isn't – I don't know why. They, they, some editorials do have a name. Uh, some don't, but, but this time they just put you know editorial staff. So sometimes these guys hide. But the idea that you'd have an op-ed, especially of this magnitude – where you are able to make these accusations against the president that somehow there are people working to undermine him and and go under him and pull the rug out from underneath him, uh, that's a different story. Then I, I believe journalists have a different responsibility there and newspapers have a different responsibility. But this is why we call them the enemy this is why you can establish pretty firmly that the New York Times uh, wants the president out of there and does not have the interests of this country in mind and, in fact, is directly undermining it. When you've got a guy like Jeffrey Tubin there on CNN, now I've seen Tubin speak before. He's no Trump fan. And he's a very liberal guy. And he's been an analyst on CNN for some time now. But when you've got Jeffrey Tubin basically defending the president and saying, yeah, I think I'd be pissed too, then you've, you probably have made a mistake. Here's Tubin on CNN. The president is calling this treason. Uh, and so this was a big risk for whoever wrote this. But, I mean, doesn't, doesn't the president have a point, though, that it's gutless? I mean, who, what's up with this person? I mean, well, why why are they working there? Well, if, I, I mean, because well, they say. they say they're trying to, you know, they're trying to sort of. What? Yeah, this this chick, whoever she is, with uh, on CNN, is now attempting to make this person out to be some kind of hero. Remember, we've been told that all these individuals in the deep state who were, for instance, spying on the president, trying to undermine him, texting things about how terrible he is and about wanting to get him out and wanting an insurance policy or going on TV with security clearances and basically calling him a dangerous man, writing all these kinds of letters saying that he needs to go, smearing him all over the place. These people were, we've been told time and time again that we must 
say that they're American heroes and have worked hard and risked their lives for the country. So how dare you criticize them in any way, shape, or form? Well, what's her face here is picking up on that theme. Bad decisions, and you know you ought to know that we're patriots. Oh yeah, these people are all patriots who've been working in the deep state. They're they shall not be questioned in any way, shape, or form regarding their credibility or their motivations. They are patriots. I can't. Mr. Tubin. I I can criticize somebody for for not putting their name on this. I'm not going to criticize the New York Times for publishing it because it's clear to me that they know who this person is and this person is clearly someone of some significance, you know, within... We we don't know that this is a person of some significance, by the way. We don't know that at all, that this is a person possibly of some significance in the Trump administration. And in fact, there's a strong possibility that this person could be just a lower-level individual who uh, it's common for these individuals to go ahead and, and, and say that they are senior officials or when they are tell, talking to a reporter and they just say, just call me a senior administration official just to get even deeper cover. It could be somebody in the CIA who's not at all close but who wants to do uh, some damage to the president. And Kellyanne Conway was on was on with uh, Laurel last night, and this is what she had to say about who this person is who wrote the editorial uh, and, and what their title or what their situation might be. Now, I did see a list of people who were the likeliest suspects. There are bookmakers apparently in Vegas now trying to give us the odds on who the number one suspect is, and it's a few members of uh, – the president's cabinet, Mnuchin and uh, Betsy DeVos and, uh, you know, some other individuals out there. But they're all these are all like six to one, five to one odds. I mean, I'll let you know that. But don't this is nobody, in my opinion, who is in the president's cabinet. I just don't buy it in any way, shape or form. And this could be somebody who just happens to be in an uh, security briefing. Uh, it could be it could be some low level staffer who is a staffer of somebody higher up, and that's probably the likelihood here is that this is not really a senior administration official. This is somebody who works for one of them. That's my opinion. Anyway, Kellyanne was on with uh, Laura Ingram and had this to say and about so it. No, they're convinced to pen this op-ed. What are your thoughts? I'm not sure it matters. There are op-eds like that in the New York Times every day. It's just a different byline or, I guess, a non-byline here. Uh, I just have to correct the record. It's not clear to us anyway that it's somebody in the White House. They're saying senior administration official. That could be many people. There are, I think, thousands of political appointees, hundreds of folks who would qualify under that title alone. But um, to your point, presidents aren't judged by the noise or even the silence that's occurring at any one moment or any one week. Uh, by the usual critics and naysayers, they're judged by the metrics. And when I hear people on cable news, even today in your montage, I confess I hadn't seen any of it before now, say words like historic, unprecedented, stunning. That's exactly the way we describe the economy. Yeah. Explosive. The economy is certainly explosive, Kellyanne. We're, We're sure about that. But anyway, to the point about who this might be, I wouldn't worry too much about this. Uh, the media is going to use it uh, because they are the enemy media. Politicians like John Kerry are going to use it because uh, being a traitor and swift boating people basically run 
in his blood, so he's certainly going to be doing that. And, of course, all the president's enemies are going to be using this uh, to their advantage one way or another. And so I wouldn't worry too much about it. We know the individuals who are making a big deal about this. And do you watch Colbert? Nah. You pay attention to what John Kerry says? No. You read the New York Times? Nah. So I think we can pretty much say that we're okay. And that this is going to be utilized for another four or five days. Although I will tell you that I would like to know who it is. And I would like to see the president basically just fire this a-hole. The New York Times in a tweet, by the way, did indicate the gender of the person. Now, whether or not that was just a ruse, I don't know. Whether or not it was kind of the royal he, I, I don't know about that either. But I do know that when they tweeted something out and they and they tweeted the editorial out, we uh, they 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 used the word he. So there possibly is a uh, a, a strong possibility that in fact uh, this was this was a person who was uh, well, this was a person who's a male. But there's a possibility that they decided in one way, shape, or form to go ahead and and uh, just call them a male when we really didn't know they were a male. You know, we could just call them one when it could be a female, and this might be an effort to trick us. I don't know. Coming up, by the way, NBC has said now it's going to go ahead and air the Colin Kaepernick Nike ad right before the first game uh, of the season, and indeed maybe even during the Super Bowl and everything else. So we're going to follow up on that, also Tucker Carlson, who I, I don't really normally, I, I generally don't like to say, "Oh, we must be listening to the Jamie Almond Show." But I will tell you that I'm very proud to say that Tucker Carlson and I are on the same page when it comes to the so-called chaos surrounding the Kavanaugh hearings. And he brought up the same point last night that I brought up in the morning. And that is that isn't it interesting how we're told by the news media and we're told all week during John McCain's funeral that we need to return to civility. And yet now the media and others celebrate incivility. So we're going to follow up on that. Also, we're going to follow up as Gia comes in here with a couple of things. First of all, France decides they're going to ban cell phones in classrooms. Good idea, it seems. Also, Levi's. The famed jean company is now kind of hopping on board the whole anti-gun thing. So we're going to follow up on that, too. They gave a ton of money to these anti, these, this, this gun control organization. I don't know why. I guess because they, again, are attempting to kind of go after young people now and try to uh, get them, much like Nike is trying to get a certain segment of the population. Who knows? But we'll follow up on all of that. Also, there are apparently UFOs flying around the president's place down there in Florida. So we're going to uh, figure out what uh, what's all behind that, too, because it's kind of crazy, kind of crazy. We are live here 
from the Discovery Design Studios, DiscoveryDesignInc.com. Appreciate all of the sponsors of the show. Had a great time hanging out with Dr. DePuty last night and Ryan Jaycox. They both of them say hi to you. It just so happens that Dr. DePuty is just on uh, the uh, stream. So tell him thank you for his support of the Almond uh, show, Radio Free Almond. And also we made a plan. We hatched a plan last night that I think you guys are really going to like and appreciate. And we are off to the races with Radio Free Almond 2.0 as the days move on. Without further ado, ladies and gentlemen, our national anthem. From the military district of Washington. They carry our nation's flag and are flanked by the colors of each of the five military services, as well as drummers from the president's own United States Marine Band. Colors, present, arms. To honor America and perform our national anthem, please welcome three-time Grammy winner, Pink. drugs
Watching sun tea in the window, pocket watch, a telling time. Seems like only yesterday I'd get a blanket set, record the country countdown, cause I couldn't buy it yet. What's up, everybody? Welcome to the show, Radio Free Almond. Dot com. Now you can keep it up. That's all right. I'll take care of that. Good morning. What up, Paula? What up, Tim? Hey, Margaret. Hi, Julie. What's up, everybody? Gosh, I love Miranda Lambert. I love Miranda Lambert. And I wish she toured more, too. She only has a couple of dates down there in Nashville, I think, this month. She just is, uh, I I could listen to her all day long. Every single song, everything else. Me too, Amy. Golly, she's just the best. Legendary. The legendary Miranda Lambert. Love her. Cute as heck, too. But I'll tell you, her songs are awesome. But I love her. I think... uh, I don't know whether you guys have ever heard The House That Built Me. That's a great song. I'm going to hear that sometime. I won't get into that loop right now, even though I want to. I could just sit here and talk to you about Miranda Lambert all morning and tell you the truth. Of course, I could tell you, talk to you about anything all morning. Won't you get me going? Yeah, I can't believe Blake Shelton. Blake Shelton dumped Miranda Lambert? What the hell's wrong with him? And I really, I'm not, I'm, not, I'm not really talking about, like, for instance, Miranda Lambert and her hotness or anything. I mean, she's beautiful, but I'm just saying she's just a great musician and, and, and songwriter. I mean, she's just, uh, nobody's, uh, nobody's better. And Paula, you're right. She has a great voice. I mean, just almost, it's just perfect, to tell you the truth. And she's playing down there in Nashville. And just a couple dates this uh, next couple of weeks or something like that. So, love to have seen her down there. Speaking of great things, how about the national anthem and how we're going to have to watch the NFL decide they're going to go back to that Kaepernick? Well, we're we're back into this loop again. These people just won't go away. I mean, they, they just will not stop. These these Kaepernick crowd people, these Black Lives Matter people, these police-hating people out there, anthem-hating, United States of America-hating people. And you know what? Listen, let's go ahead and, and let's get rid of this notion that somehow 
those of us who are talking about this don't believe that Kaepernick or football players have the right to do it. This isn't about having the right to do something. No one is trying to take away anybody's rights. You know, it's, it's interesting how when we talk about this stuff, the first thing out of the mouths of other people is for us to shut up. Isn't that interesting? The, the, the first, whenever we talk about how Kaepernick is a fool and this whole take a knee thing and Nike is crazy thing, uh, the minute we say, well, you know, uh, this, is, this is not right. And, and we watch the NFL and, and we want to buy Nike shoes and apparently now Ford is coming out with a statement. I don't know exactly know what they're doing, but Ford is coming out with a statement that basically says we think football players have the right to take a knee. And that's just kind of a pansy-ass way of getting into it but not really getting into it. Because you're really not going out on a limb when you say that that football players have the right to take a knee. That's that you're not really you're not risking. You know, you know Paul Revere here. But I believe that football teams have the right to dictate the comportment of their players. And now, do do they have the right to collude and keep Kaepernick from playing? Yeah, they have that right too. If if Kaepernick is not hireable or is not a guy they want around who's a polluter of the clubhouse, they don't want him around. That's okay, but this, but that's that's assuming that Kaepernick was going to get a job anyway, and and that's where we get into this fake idea that somehow Colin Kaepernick sacrificed any everything. So he decides he's going to tweet out the commercial, and NBC in the season opener is going to go ahead and air the Just Do It ad, kind of like as a as a special thing. This is going to be now NBC's brand that they're going to hop on the bandwagon here. And Kaepernick decides he's going to go ahead and tweet out the ad and believe in something, even if it means sacrificing everything. And we all know that Colin Kaepernick didn't sacrifice anything. This was all a ruse to try to keep him viable when his career was flagging, when his career was waning. When he wasn't that great. And I will have to tell you that it's kind of like when I can't remember the the, the uh, gay Mizzou guy's name. The football player. And he was of questionable talent. And again, I'm, I'm not trying to bash it. What I'm saying is, though, sometimes people make a big deal out of certain things when they don't have anything else going on. And so they mask their attempts to force people to hire them or to become special or to become tokens by announcing that, well, I'm gay. It's like, okay, so what do we need to know about that again? So you're gay. Who cares? But it was an attempt in my, uh, Michael Sam, in my opinion, it was kind of an attempt. Thank you, Margaret, dear. Uh, that it was a, an attempt, in my opinion, to try to get some viability to Michael Sam's football career by coming out. Now, I realize some people say, oh, boy, that was really you know, brave because it's not a you – know, oh, come on. We, Americans don't hate gay people. 
and, and, and most Americans don't think there's anything wrong with being a gay football player. And there are some guys who are like, I don't want a gay person in the locker room. But gays aren't interested in locker rooms, in, in uh, finding dates in, in football locker rooms. So that's, that's not the concern. So to me, it was kind of like a, it was kind of like a swipe. Uh, it was an attempt by Michael Sam to kind of make himself a bigger deal than he was. Colin Kaepernick similarly kicked off his, I'm going to wear socks that have police officers as pigs on them and then kneel for the national anthem thing because he didn't have anything go, going on. So he didn't sacrifice anything. He had nothing to sacrifice. What was Colin Kaepernick sacrificing? A starting job on a on a football team? No way. He wasn't going to get a starting job on a football team. But anyway, here's the ad if you want to uh, try to power through it at breakfast time. If people say your dreams are crazy, if they laugh at what you think you can do, good. Stay that way. Because what non-believers fail to understand is that calling a dream crazy is not an insult. It's a compliment. Don't try to be the fastest runner in your school or the fastest in the world. Be the fastest ever. Don't picture yourself wearing OBJ's jersey. Picture OBJ wearing yours. You just don't don't have a dream to be a police officer because I, Colin Kaepernick, will depict you as a pig on my socks. Don't settle for homecoming queen or linebacker. Do both. Lose 120 pounds and become an Iron Man. Just don't become a police officer. After beating a brain tumor. Don't believe you have to be like anybody to be somebody. Yeah, except a police officer. Don't, don't be one of those. If you're born a refugee, don't let it stop you from playing soccer. Yeah, but make sure it stops you from becoming a police officer. The national team at age 16. Don't become the best basketball player on the planet. Be bigger than basketball. Yeah, just don't become a police officer. Believe in something. Except for being in law enforcement. Even if it means sacrificing everything. Oh, yeah. Colin Kaepernick, sacrificer of the year. Right. Colin Kaepernick. I got to look at Colin Kaepernick while he denigrates our police and denigrates our flag. Okay, got it. When they talk about the greatest team in the history of the sport, make sure it's your team. Yeah, unless you're a police officer or on a SWAT team. Like if you're on a SWAT team, they'll never call your team the best team. If you have only one hand, don't just watch football. Play it at the highest level. And if you're a girl from Compton, don't just... Don't become a police officer if you're a girl from Compton. Become a tennis player. Oh, okay. Yeah. Because if you become a police officer, I, Colin Kaepernick, will wear socks that depict you as a pig. Athlete ever. Yeah. That's more like it. So don't ask if your dreams are crazy. Yeah. Don't ask if your dreams are crazy, but if you dream of being a police officer, I, Colin Kaepernick, will call you crazy, call you a killer. I will take a knee at the flag that you serve under, and also I'll wear socks that depict you as a pig. Ask if they're crazy enough. 
It's only crazy until you do it. Just do it. Except don't become a police officer. That's the only words missing out of this Nike ad. It's interesting how everybody, every walk of life, although this is mostly athletics, but they did talk about, uh, you know, other issues here. The Just Do It campaign is based on this belief that you can be anything you want to be. And Just Do It is Nike's thing, but apparently if... Your just do it is becoming an FBI agent like my buddy Brett Steinhoff or a St. Louis County police officer like the boys over at the County Browns or a St. Louis City police officer like my friend Kevin Roberts who is serving on the streets here and about to get married and about to be in a situation where he too is going to have a wife who is at home some nights wondering whether or not he's going to be safe, wondering whether or not he's going to come home wondering whether or not the words of Colin Kaepernick and the undermining of our law enforcement, wondering whether or not the socks that depict Kevin Roberts as a pig are going to actually wind up harming their loved one. And so pardon me if I'm not all about just do it and all about Kaepernick's fro and all about his grooviness and all about his sacrifice. This guy, to me, is an individual who I do not worship. I'll take a knee to Colin Kaepernick, thank you, and indeed his entire movement. And I'll take a knee to Nike, that's for sure, because there's not going to be a a, a swoosh within miles of my house. And that's my prerogative. That's, you know, my deal. I'm not going to boycott. I don't call for boycotts. I don't do boycotts. But I do make choices. And and that's my individual choice, and I'm not urging you to do anything either. I, you know, you can do whatever you need to do. You, some people have to do things, and and uh, and that, and that's just uh, that's just the way it goes. I mean, you can do whatever you need to do. And I, I explained yesterday. You know what? Sometimes you're going to have kids, and uh, you're going to have a football player and son or whatever, and and he once a particular thing of cleats just happened to be Nikes. I, I get it. Sometimes you got you have to compromise every day on things like that. But nonetheless, pardon me if I'm not into the sacrificing everything. So anyway, that's the, that's the ad they're, they're going to play in the in the season opener that NBC is going to play. I did notice, and although this doesn't really. You know, I don't, I'm not bothered by it at all. I'm just noting the irony of it. There's a person in a, like a Muslim hijab thing, whatever you call them, with the, with the Nike swoosh on it. Those came out a while back. You know, it's like the the Muslim head covering. You know, and the, and and she's a boxer and she's got the the athletic hijab on that has the Nike swoosh on it. It's interesting how you know if you were wearing a cop hat with a Nike hat on it, a Nike swoosh on it, that wouldn't go over too well. They wouldn't depict something like that, something uh, like that in, in a commercial. And, and, and that's my biggest beef with uh, this, although I will have to tell you that we have our folks over at the uh, Missouri State University who uh, – I'm sorry, no, it's College of the Ozarks. Uh, and and this is the first school that I, in the nation that I think I know of that has done this. But in beautiful Point Lookout, Missouri, there at the College of the Ozarks, 
They've chosen to part ways with Nike over the company's decision to hook up with Colin and all this kind of stuff. And so uh, the College of the Ozarks president came out and said, hey, in their new ad campaign, we believe Nike executives are promoting an attitude of division and disrespect towards America. If Nike is ashamed of America, we are ashamed of them. We also believe that those who know what sacrifice is all about are more likely to be wearing a military uniform than an athletic uniform. That is money right there, coming from the president of the uh, College of the Ozarks. Now, uh, KCCI in... in um, Get ready in, to save six ways on Florida. I guess it's in... Uh, I don't know exactly where. I mean, it's it's a Kansas City station, clearly. They did a whole story about this. KCCI Channel 8. Actually, no, it's it's actually in Des Moines. Oh, okay. Here, listen to these guys. I thought it was a bold move by Nike. Nike can do what they want, and if it hurts them, it hurts them. If it helps them, it helps them. Opinions fly around Tuesday after Nike's announcement to feature Colin Kaepernick. And their new Just Do It ad. It's a great marketing tool on behalf of Nike. Those are individuals who are on the campus of the College of the Ozarks. began back in 2016 when the former NFL quarterback took a knee during the national anthem. Now videos have surfaced of people burning their Nike gear. <laughs> Sorry, Nike. A Drake marketing expert weighs in. They um, obviously have the data and the research to be able to make data-driven decisions. So the, 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 these folks are all trying to assess, oh, okay, got it, uh, but... But the folks at the College of the Ozarks uh, have decided this is this is it. If you are ashamed of America, we're ashamed of you. So now they have decided that they're going to do away with any athletic uniform at the College of the Ozarks that display the Nike logo. Uh, Mama K seems to indicate that there were individuals in Alabama who did the same. Now, it's, they're calling the College of the Ozarks a private Christian college, which it is. But just because it's a Christian college doesn't mean it shall be separated or whatever from, uh, from credibility. It's interesting how they have to make a big deal of that it's a Christian college. Well, what's the difference if it's a black college or if it's a Christian college or if it's a regular college, a Lutheran college, a Mormon? Who cares? But they seemingly are kind of like acting like, oh, those are those crazy Christians are at it again. They don't uh, standing up for cops and law enforcement in the military again. Those crazy Bible thumping, gun toting people down there in Point Lookout, Missouri. This is uh, KNBC saying that the uh, the College of the Ozarks is kind of used to doing this kind of stuff, which is good. Maybe College of the Ozarks ought to be getting all the people who have refused now to go to Mizzou because of all the garbage down there. Mizzou's paying a really super high price for what happened a couple of years ago on the campus there. The... There is a person who's the president of patriotic activities and dean of admissions at the college. And the college has in its manifest basically a patriotic goal. 
uh, and, and so the college is, is focused on promoting American heritage. Some people will call that white nationalism. Watch out. Uh, civic responsibilities, love of country, and willing to defend it. And the college's viewpoint on this is, hey, Nike is free to campaign as it sees fit, to, you know, free to do whatever else is, as, as the college is free to do whatever it wants to do, uh, and honor-bound by its mission and goals to ensure that it respects our country and those who truly served and sacrificed. Colin Kaepernick hasn't sacrificed Jack and, and didn't when he took the knee. So good for the College of the Ozarks for stepping up and saying, hey, 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 this is fantastic. On a lighter note, by the way, did you see that there are apparently UFOs? Donald Trump has a golf course in Scotland, and they there are pictures of these weird objects flying through the air over this Scottish flag, which is on the course there in Scotland. And people were taking the pictures of these things and going, what, what are these white orbs flying through the air above Donald Trump's Scottish golf course? And some people thought maybe it was like a trick of the light or something like that, but now that's the thing that they're all uh, touting is the is the is is the UFOs over the over the golf course there. Also, by the way, did you notice that even though we had the Kavanaugh hearings, we did have a very interesting hearing also on Capitol Hill in Jack Dorsey, the CEO of Twitter, who was in front of the House Energy and Commerce Committee hearing. And he was answering questions about Twitter's censorship of conservatives. Now, there's a woman named Laura Loomer. She's a conservative journalist. I don't know whether you've heard about her before. And she was there. And now I have to tell you, I understand the anxiety and the people who are upset about what is going on with the censorship. It seems like the conservative – it's not really technically censorship, but it's them trying to uh, move here and move there, all the little – try to keep conservative groups out uh, or at least keep their messages certainly reduced in their impact all over Twitter. And by the way, I was turned on to this uh, app last night. Uh, Ryan was showing it to me about Twitter. And Twitter is really kind of a somewhat of a fake platform when it comes to being utilized by certain individuals in not only our medium, uh, the conservative realm, but also in the liberal realm. But you can go ahead. All you have to – you can buy likes. You can buy 5,000 likes of something you put out there uh, with the, with the push of a button you can buy 5000 friends i mean you, you could you know all these people you always wonder like how did this thing have how does this thing have you know 100,000 likes on it or or how does this how does this uh person have 
who's just like right down the street from me have 200,000 friends. It's like, how is that happening? But so Twitter is really kind of an easily manipulated kind of form and, and form of communication. So that's a little that's not surprising. What is surprising is how Twitter has possibly, and Jack Dorsey all but admitted this, maybe it has built into its algorithms some degree of prejudice. Because keep in mind, algorithms are still inputted by human beings. I mean, algorithmic kind of uh, detection and that kind of thing is still put in by a human being. So behind every machine that happens to be monitoring something or looking to flag something or doing whatever, every machine is still basically made and created by man, by a human being. So if you are creating an algorithmic kind of, I don't know, now I'm getting into the, I'm, I'm, I'm not technical by any stretch of the imagination, but if you were creating software that was supposed to flag certain keywords and those kinds of things, the software and the setup that you have isn't the one that invents the words that it's looking out for, right? I mean, somewhere along the line, someone has to input the words that the algorithms are supposed to be detecting. I just said, I, I don't know. I don't know what they're called. Are they called? Uh, I, the algorithmic system is supposed to be detecting. So surely there is a strong possibility that Twitter and this whole algorithm thing is really the algorithms are designed to kind of pick on conservative words or what have you. I, and I, I don't even know where to begin with trying to manipulate that system, but People know how to do that. People know how to to manipulate that system and, and, and do it and use it. And people know what words they can put in that might automatically flag some conservative tweeter out there. It's very easy to do. Just like we have determined that, you know, a lot of the, the, the Twitter accounts and the Twitter bots – that were used to try to destroy Dr. Deputy's business and, and, and Ryan's business for that matter when they were trying to defend me, the person we've ID'd as being a software engineer and related to Stacey Newman uh, utilized a program that created, and we'll be able to prove this, uh, and we'll be able to, uh, well, at least we'll attempt to prove it, and it's our opinion that this happened, that they just created... Uh, you know, they just created this whole system of accounts that were totally fake. You you, you go to uh, the the creation date, and it's you know April tenth, the day I was fired. Whatever. I mean, it, it doesn't matter. But they're all brand new accounts. They're usually from out of state. And they're just created, and you can create them in mass. I mean, you can you can have a software system that goes in and creates accounts 
I mean, you don't have to sit there and key in every single one. You can actually create a system that will create accounts by the thousands. And then you take that system and use it to tweet somebody or attack somebody, and suddenly you just created an army of artificial electronic protesters or resistors, and you've got it made. You can do that very easily. And unfortunately what happens is, like, for instance, with Dr. Deputy and these other guys, they just uh, – they did it, and, and they were trying to destroy a business. And, and, and they were well on their way to destroying my business, which is, which is what they did. But a lot of it was through artificial means. They do the same thing on, on Facebook as well. So anyway, I have mixed feelings about the Laura Loomer appearance at this committee hearing because she stood up and she decided she was just going to start yelling at Jack Dorsey. Now, for the same reason I don't like the chaos at the Kavanaugh hearings, I'm not quite sure I can get behind this either. And this is a – she's a conservative. I believe she's right. But I don't believe that we, while trying to battle all the whiners and the babies and the temper tantrums at the Kavanaugh hearings, can adequately and credibly defend this action on the part of Laura Loomer, who stood up from the audience at the hearing and decided she was going to yell at Jack Dorsey. This is what uh, it all went down like. So I think she's right uh, about everything. Uh, I, I think she's absolutely correct about everything there. But I have spent the last couple days talking about how reprehensible it is to watch these left-wing temper tantrumists get out there and scream at every level at Kavanaugh and disrupt the hearings and all that kind of stuff. And so when our own people do it, I I can't get behind them either if I'm going to be consistent and credible. And is Laura Loomer correct about everything? Absolutely. But she's not correct in the way she decided to articulate it. Chaos on Capitol Hill. Now, keep in mind, uh, and I will, the irony will not be lost on me. The media will never laud someone like Laura Loomer the way they're lauding the individuals disrupting the Kavanaugh hearing. But that's just something we're going to have to kind of put up with because that's kind of the way of the world. Like, you know, if if you do it and if a Republican ever burned a car or broke a window or if a Trump supporter ever hit a lefty with a bike lock, the country would be, you know, brought into revolution. 
and and the people who are doing the deeds would be actually in jail. That doesn't happen with any people on the left. The left are allowed to do things that the right is not allowed to do. And so Laura Loomer, I don't agree with the, what her comportment at this hearing uh, and, and, uh, and, you know, I agree with everything she's saying, but I don't like her activity there. It doesn't, it, it doesn't help us as we try to say, hey, these people disrupting the Kavanaugh hearing, these guys are – this is not right of you to be able to do it. But the problem is, though, the, the media won't support her. They, they, they'll never say, Laura Loomer standing up to Jack Dorsey, the drama coming up next on NBC News. No, they won't. Either A, they won't mention it because I don't think they can uh, to a certain degree because if they criticize Laura Loomer, they can't go on and have displays like this that celebrate the goofballs on Capitol Hill. A combative start for Brett Kavanaugh's Supreme Court confirmation hearings. A new round of fireworks expected today. Democrats zeroing in on everything from guns to abortion. It's interesting how whenever... There is something that the left wing and the media likes in terms of attacking Trump or in terms of just simply doing away with any amount of decorum when it comes to disrupting duly elected presidents or disrupting hearings that are designed to advance a Supreme Court justice one way or the other, and you have hardworking people kind of doing their thing, asking their questions. It's interesting how the media calls it all fireworks and it's explosive and it's dramatic and it's this and it's that. But if it were on the other foot, they would not have similar adjectives to describe uh, what the right would be doing or whatever. They would. They certainly, if right-wingers or Trump supporters disrupted a hearing during Obama's age or during some with a, with a Democrat in it, they would not be described as, as cause, creating fireworks or there would be no word like passion associated with them or anything, fighting back. None of that would be associated with it, but the media loving this stuff, man. Every seat in here to be packed again today because day two might end up even more dramatic than day one. New protests outside the Supreme Court. Oh, get out there! Stop Kavanaugh! <laughs> After a day of the- First of all, the, the reason I'm laughing is because these folks are so foolish and, and, and they're, they're going to lose again. And it's just going to be very frustrating for them uh, to to watch Kavanaugh uh, confirmed, uh, w- which he will be. And it'll be very frustrating for them to actually watch their own elected Democrats, some of whom will vote for Kavanaugh, by the way. And so all this is just messing around. All this is just, you know, basically, uh, you know, Window dressing, attacks, dramatics, theater, you name it. That's what all this essentially is because it's not going to have any impact on these hearings whatsoever. So it's it's just a kind of way for the networks and for others to, again, pacify themselves when they are under a great deal of stress. 
Like when they know something's coming, they must get out there and scream and yell and stand in front of microphones and declare that Kavanaugh is going to slice the throats of every female in the country if he becomes a Supreme Court justice. They have to kind of do that to keep things going. Which is why, for instance, the New York Times op-ed coming out is such a deal. This is another example of where you have a unbelievably great economy that we're seeing right now in front of our eyes. You're seeing manufacturing at levels it's never been. You're seeing unemployment at levels that they have never been. And I'm talking about for blacks, President Trump pointed out yesterday, for Asians, whatever, uh, whether minority you want to choose, white people, whatever, the fact of the matter is things are really going well in this country right now. And that's not something the deep state or the John Kerry's of the world or the others can possibly tolerate. And so – and somebody in the administration – and it doesn't – I don't know who this person happens to be. I, I don't believe it's somebody in the president's cabinet as the, as the media is trying to portray it as. I don't believe it's somebody in the cabinet there. Uh, my, my total belief is that this is just a staffer of perhaps somebody in the cabinet or somebody who works maybe even outside of the White House, as Kellyanne Conway points out. But the goal is the same. The goal right now is to slow uh, this presidency down, to disrupt as, as much as they possibly can. And, Ladies and gentlemen, you know, I, many songs have been written. That's... And this is one of them. What you gotta do. You gotta get in the way. You gotta disrupt. When you see lemonade, you gotta find some way to put it back into the lemon. When you see victory, being pulled out of the jaws of defeat. You must throw the victory back into the jaws. Somehow, some way. Get that victory back into the jaws. When you see a smile turned into a smile from a frown. When you see a frown turned upside down. You must make sure that frown that has been turned upside down shall be returned back to a frown. When you see a round hole, you must try to make the square peg fit into the round hole. You see how hard this all is? You see how hard it's been for me to turn colloquialisms on their side? Well, that's how difficult it is for these individuals to do what they are doing. That's how hard it is. It's kind of one of those concepts that, for instance, it's it's harder to hate than it is to love. It takes more work to hate. 
than it is to love. But yeah, these people have a task ahead of them that it's not going to be so good. So, uh, G is here. Is she going to get her ass in here, or what are we doing here? Let's go. Let's go. So, yeah, that, that's, that's where we're at right now, is people just trying their hardest to do what they need to do and get it going on. What are you doing back there? Thank you. Hey, Wiz. Is there higher maintenance than me over here? <laughs> yeah, thanks, man. Thank you for this, sweetheart. Oh, you're welcome. Be careful. You know, it's great because um, this is this is fantastic that you would that you would. Uh, she would get this for me. You ask, you receive. I like your shirt. Thanks. It's like, yeah. a, it's like um, it's a deplorable shirt. It is. Did you get that way back in the day? I, I wore it to elections. Oh, you did? Yeah. We're not supposed to do that, but I've never been a rule follower. I love it. Thanks. Let me see. It says, a proud member of the basket of deplorables, Patriots Against Crooked Hillary. Love it. Thanks. Plus, it's kind of like a... Like, do you go to the gym with yeah. that on? Oh, you do? I wear it everywhere. So what do uh, what do people at the gym say to you when you wear that? I have to tell you, no one's ever really responded to it until I got my Starbucks today. <laughs> oh, really? Yeah. Yeah, he, he was really rude to me. Really? Mm-hmm. Really rude. Yeah. Like what? The, so, so, okay. So, so you walk the into guy. Starbucks. I go all the time to this Starbucks. And so I know the people there. C- can I ask you, and again, I don't want to be, uh, I, I, again, I don't, I don't like to hyper-focus on looks and those kinds of things. <laughs> uh, but just for amusement, what does this Starbucks, do they call them baristas or is this just the guy who checks you out? Um, they are baristas. Okay. All right. Because they, they rotate. Okay. So yeah, you they, can work the front, the window, the actual, uh, you know, brewing right. area. Yeah. So I see him all the time. And he's always so nice to me. So nice to me. And today, he I, maybe maybe it wasn't my shirt. I'm going to give him the benefit of the doubt. Maybe well, he was in a bad mood. I don't know. If but I, he if eyeballed I it. Interrupt again real quickly. Because if I, if I had to say something about uh, these guys who – work as baristas and those kinds of things. I don't know why it is that if they are, if they work there, that they feel like they, we, we care about what they think about what Anything. we're wearing or what we're doing or whatever else. It's kind of like back in the day when, when there was the whole paper or plastic controversy, you know, mm-hmm. and there was somehow if you, when you plastic bags were the way to go, but if you chose paper, somehow you'd be looked at sideways as being hating the environment. Oh, really? And the checkers would kind of use that to kind of like judge you on whether or not you're an environmentalist or not. And so I would always choose paper, even if I wanted plastic, just to try to see what the person would do. And they assume that they care about like what, 
you, like you care about like what they think. Well, anyway, now so. it's if you don't carry your bag in from your car, you can't do paper or plastic without being looked at funny. Really? Yeah, I mean, haven't you seen how many everybody brings bags? Right. I'm too forgetful. I'm always on the go. I can't, you know, I'm not I that well organized. That. I'm not that. I appreciate people who do it. I think it's great, but I. Well, yeah, good for them, but. I'm not that organized. No. I'm like, I'm on the fly. I've got kids. I get, I've got to stop here, run there. Yeah. So. You know what? I, 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 I dare somebody to, uh, to just go in there with, like with a backpack <laughs> and start stuffing your backpack. They go, what are you doing? It's my bag. But you guys want me to bring my grocery bag in. This is my grocery bag. It just happens to be shaped like a, like a uh, backpack. You think you get away with that? I want to do it. <laughs> That's awesome. I'll tell you what I'll do. I'll go ahead and I'll bring in a tree trunk, a lathe, and a uh, paper pulp mixture jar. And I'll go ahead and cut that tree up right in there produce section and make my own bags right in front of their eyes. That's what I'll do. Amazing. I love it. You know? <laughs> it's fantastic. All right, so tell me what happened with the mm. Starbucks person. He just looked at me. He just looked at me differently than he normally looks at me. And really? Paul's going to freak out. He hates that I go to Starbucks anyway. And then hearing this story, he's going to, um, yeah. Go now, now is, is it because, uh, well... Yeah, the, the, that's the problem with with having so many people who are uh, s- s- so few choices, uh, and 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 that's why you ought to just kind of like go to some other coffee place. But unfortunately, Starbucks are everywhere. That's just kind of the way it is. It's kind of like the same conundrum we have with the Nike situation right. because because you can't uh, get away from from the Nike brand because it's everywhere. And, and, and like, for instance, we went, I, you know, I, I already got eight in his school tennis shoes. Well, his cleats <laughs> for football. Cleats, yeah. And this was before mm-hmm. the whole Nike thing happened. And so I bought Nike shoes, right? I'm in the same boat with my, and kids. I'm not going to burn them either. They were expensive. Yeah. You won't see me burning. Uh, yeah. You won't see me burning anything. I'll tell my you what, hard, though. My heart and earn money in flames. I'll tell you what, though. I'm going to maybe, um, I'm going to maybe have a conversation with him. And this, it, it, you know, because well, I don't know. Should we really use? Should we really encourage our kids to do their little form of protest themselves? I don't know. But wouldn't it be cool to take like a? They have band-aids that have all kinds of different designs on them, correct? Mm-hmm. So they have band-aids, surely that are shaped that are in the in the f- pattern of the American flag, correct? I've never seen them, but it's, surely it's a possibility. So I'm wondering if, when I don't know, <laughs> I really want to go there with the kids. Let Let me just put it this way: if I had my ability to orchestrate what was going on. I would buy American flag band-aids. And when Aiden has his first football game, I would use the band-aids to cover up the Nike swoosh on the shoes. I love it. Do you it. think it's a good idea? Yeah, I think it's great. I love it. Do it. He might 
resist because some kids still want to burn them. Kevin wants me to burn them on my show. Dude, <laughs> I don't know. I, I'm not. I, I'm not into burning things I've paid for. I, if anything, I'd rather like give them to somebody who otherwise could not afford them or whatever, right. and then just buy different ones. Something, but something about burning something I paid. Uh, I can't. Bra- yeah, and um, that's exactly how I feel. Lisa Hampton, get little flags and gorilla glue them over the top of the swoosh. See, this is something. I, this is something I think Aiden would actually do. He, he would not be worried about that at all. I just don't. I wouldn't. I wouldn't want to uh, purposely try to inject him into some protest or whatever. But well, I educated my children on it. I didn't. I just told them the story. Yeah, that's all I did. Just told them the story, and they proceeded to go upstairs and pull all their Nike gear and put it in in the middle of the room. And then what? That's it. I have to go shopping. So it's now. just in the middle of the room. It's really bad. So what are you doing then with, with I'll the... Re- don- I'll donate it. Okay. Yeah. I was also schooled on my Facebook page about that when I posted a picture of two pairs of Nikes and I said, free, along with visors and jackets. I got schooled immediately because out of my 1,560 friends on Facebook, um, most of them are on the other side of the, of the fence there with the uh, how they feel about this Nike situation. Oh, okay. So... Yeah. I was told, please make sure to pass your your anything you don't want down to somebody who's not as privileged or couldn't otherwise afford it. I thought, do you think I'm a jerk? Do you think I'm an idiot? Right, right. You think I'm a right, yeah, heartless be, person? Right. That has nothing to do with this, you know? And it was also done in jest. It was silly. It's a silly thing to do is to post a picture of your Nike tennis shoes and say free. Where's yeah, your right. sense of humor, people? Come yeah, on. I know. I know. I mean, th- that's come on. Th- that's the problem is that a lot of the people on the left don't don't have a sense of humor, and every single thing is a gigantic fight or whatever. And and I will tell you though, Scooter was wondering whether or not a flag band aid is respect for the flag. Yeah, I, I, I'm I'm not one of those people who don't believe who believe that flag bikinis are disrespectful to the flag or flag swimming suits or I, I say the more red, white, and blue, the more depictions of the flag, the better. Not everything has to be in a you know in a flag. I've, I've, I've a flag lampshade. I like I like those. I don't care. Right? Yeah. I don't think it's in poor taste. I mean, a, a flag uh, koozie. Flags everywhere. Flag wallpaper. Yeah. Flag I mean, paint. I, it's, it's not flag, disrespectful to the flag at all. Flag throw pillows. Yeah, exactly. Now, I did calculate, and, and maybe this, there was something early in the morning yesterday before I took off for the father-son breakfast. The I calculated what I thought Nike calculated because I, I – because in in our opinion, sometimes we can see something and go, "Wow, that was really stupid what Nike did." But the issue here is that uh, Nike, you, you can't possibly assume they're stupid. They're they're for everything that they are. You can't say that they're stupid. They're a strong brand. You can't take that away from them. They have managed to kind of infuse themselves into American culture. That's a feat on itself. They managed to trick 
people who make the shoes into working for like pennies, which is a feat by itself, right? Mm-hmm. To to basically create slave labor to make your shoes, right. and and not have the people making them feel like slaves. That's an achievement, right? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, yeah. that that so you yeah. so you got to give them that. So they're not stupid. So they had to do some calculations, and I and I figured that 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 in, in they probably said, well, okay. So we've got a lot of people who are the Black Lives Mattery, uh, police officers as pig socks wearing, big fro loser quarterback loving people out there who buy Reeboks. Or Adidas. Mm-hmm. Now, Adidas, I will tell you, uh, since I was over in Italy and uh, among young people around here and in the hipster crowd, they're all wearing Adidas shoes, tennis shoes, when they do wear tennis shoes. Right. Like Adidas is kind of like they're the wearing, groovy. They're wearing like the what used to be the cool green and white Stan Smith version is now the gold metallic and the, or the right. black Yeah, is the... It's the style, yeah, mm-hmm. and, and and all the all the World Cuppy, mm-hmm. soccery, pubby, beardy, hipstery guys when they wear tennis shoes, they're all Adidas. You know exactly who I'm talking oh, yeah. about, don't you? When I make they're that on the description, cover of Doug's book, yeah. mm-hmm. <laughs> right, right, yes. So so yes, they they, they those individuals uh, are wearing Adidas, so. Nike is probably calculating, okay, so we can get certain people who are of the hipster brand and the Black Lives Matter-y, uh, white liberal guiltist, uh, nothing else to do but pretend that you have black friends and that kind of crowd. And if you can get them off of their Reebok Adidas kick and into Nike's because Nike now is the emblem of the Black Lives matter Cops are just pigs type of crowd. America is not beautiful, not great, and the flag is to be taken a need to. Um, if we can do that, then we could make get some market share here. My only question is, during all those protests, didn't we wonder what those people all did for a living? So how are they going to afford them? I don't know. They don't work. <laughs> that I don't know. So I'm not sure that that was such a genius marketing strategy well uh i don't know either give them away all i'm saying is that nike wouldn't nike made a a distinct calculation here on this there's no way they they made this decision lightly in any way shape form they knew there had to be a market on top of that then i also pointed out and i warned people about this yesterday and it was really kind of early so you know the the stream and the facebook kind of picks up a little bit after six, and I, I but but I don't wait for that. So if you didn't hear me say it, you you also have to tie this into Nike's calculation. If you look at the political spectrum that we have seen so far, we have seen Ocasio Cortez in New York unseat an incumbent white dude. Ocasio Cortez is a socialist left wing. Minority, and she prevailed in New York, stunned everybody. In Massachusetts on Tuesday night, a woman who had Presley, who who had no idea that she was going to win, 
ran for Congress and unseated a 20-year incumbent. Mm-hmm. Uh, she's a black woman. She apparently looks like she's a nice person, everything else. But she basically wowed the crowd, mm-hmm. and, and she's a left-winger, too. Then you and, and wants to wants to abolish ICE and she's of that crowd and these are these are people who are the Kaepernick people okay who are voting okay so we've got New York already we've got Massachusetts already and then we we go on to Florida where you have the Democrat candidate down there the black dude who who this whole monkey thing didn't really work out really well for him the whole racism thing they tried that for like a week. And and it didn't really work out because everybody's like, nah, nobody's racist. You're just not a good candidate and you're going to lose, but it's okay. But nonetheless, he is a socialist. He's an abolish ICE guy. He is a as left as they come, and he prevails. So there clearly is a market in this country for left-wing, anti-establishment, uh, anti-cop, anti-flag, anti-this, anti-that uh, moods out there. I'm not saying all these people are like that, but Nike is not dumb. And they can see that there's a trend out there. It's the same, actually, kind of trend that we that, that got Trump elected on our side. Right. We had the, we had the same kind of, like, we're sick of the establishment right. mood, and, and, so, and, and that prevails. So, 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 so they're on to something. So if Nike can just make a calculation and just kind of um, – get a certain number of people uh, that they can coalesce, you know, they're, they're not, they can, I think, have the room to kind of narrow their, their brand. Well, if they're onto something, uh, that scares me. Yeah. Big time. Yeah. Big time. I mean, if they're, if they're ahead of what's to come, we're in deep trouble. Well, deep trouble. At the very least, we're not necessarily as in trouble as we are needing to be inspired to keep up the fight. I don't think any of you are going to give up. No. You all are going to not go to no. the polls in November. Heck and no. Donald Trump will be president in 2020 and will be elected again. Absolutely. But it's not going to come without a fight. and It's not coming out sticking to it and, and, and getting to it. But again, in the world of marketing, and I promise I am not going to – do the Hardy's fried chicken thing, but but in the world of marketing, sometimes uh, all you want is a audience that is passionate. You don't need uh, you don't need five hundred thousand people, and only one hundred thousand of them really actually believe in what you're doing. You'd rather have just that one hundred thousand who are going to really be passionate and really uh, really go go full bore on you. I'll make a comparison since this is your wheelhouse in the Catholic Church. There are a lot of people who are kind of like, okay, um, people aren't going to church these days. Well, if you talk to some priests, they're like, you know what? I'd rather have people who just want to be there as opposed to people who are going to be forced to be there. So if you're sitting there and you're reading the... Uh, Bulletin. The, you know, yeah, or or the uh, or the the wedding program that was left in there from earlier while during my homily, then I don't really want you there. 
So, so there's a, so I'd rather have people who really are the true believers in the people there th- than, than just a, a bunch of people who don't care, who are just sitting there taking up space. So there's, there's something to say about n- narrowing your, your, your brand sometimes. And I will give you another example. My priest would strongly disagree with that, but anyway, yeah, but but well, but, but your no, but your priest. Well, I don't think your priest would would disagree with wanting people who care in his church. No, but he will take he will take the quantity with the effort. He would take the quantity over the quality, with the thought of at least you're here, and then you stand a chance of me getting through to you on some level, even if you are ga- dazed and confused and checked right. out and looking. That's just yeah. his, and not all. I'm not speaking for all pastors, but yeah. that's how mine would. Well, and and I'll I'll look at it also from the standpoint of of advertising, uh, and and I've tried to make this case to people who uh, I tried to make this case to some of the people, for instance, with uh, and and I've done this before, uh, who are like advertise on KMOX instead of on Radio Free Almond, for instance. And they, they advertise on KMOX because they're going to think they're going to uh, they're going to they're going to going to uh, they're going to reach a larger number of people, which is true. You are reaching a larger number of people, but if they don't care, uh, if they're just passive listeners to the show, then 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 you're wasting your money. Which is why when you advertise on something like Radio Free Almond, and back in the day when you advertised on the Almond in the Morning Show, you were reaching people who were, uh, who were focused and hyper-focused on uh, – and laser-focused on listening to you. And, and maybe they don't agree with you, but they're passionate about you being there and happy you're there. And so advertisers on that level – um, get a lot more bang for their buck because they have a more dedicated audience. I've tried to tell them too with this one here, where I have the highest level of Facebook engagement of any radio show in town. And certainly one day I had 17,000 people who watched the show, which is almost double that of any radio station in town. All right. And then you have the stream. I said, these are people who actually are, are working to see you on Facebook. Mm-hmm. And they've downloaded your app, and they're pushing it every morning. It not, it's not just on because something else right. was on before or whatever. You actually have to actively participate in this mm-hmm. whole thing. And so uh, those are people who are, when they hear you supporting the show, are going to focus on you and, 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 and are going to reward you for being there. I'm just saying. So, so, no. so maybe and they're going to hear you. They're going to hear you say mattress king. They're going to or not mattress king. Sorry. Yeah, uh, mattress king. Yeah. And, um, you know uh, what's wrong with me? Santino's or Golden Elk or right. you know anybody. Uh, you know Matthew Mitchell. But so they're going to they're going to it's going to reward them. And Proctor Drapery, Michael. I'm seeing him later on tonight. And uh, Proctor Drapery, Doctor Naputi, and yeah. Dr. Naputi, and people reward you for that. And so I'm wondering whether Nike has made a calculation here uh, that uh, that they would just rather have a more passionate, stronger clientele than just try to reach Jamie Allman. They'd rather have you know the, the the somebody who believes in their politics hopping on board. Now, how this is going to translate with Ford Motor Company? I don't know. Or with Levi's? 
as you brought up, because Levi's now has hopped on the gun control bandwagon. Now, keep in mind, Levi's is making somewhat a resurgence. They're very popular overseas uh, because they're they're an American brand and, mm-hmm. and they still appreciate that. But Levi's has decided they're going to funnel a bunch of money to these anti-gun groups mm-hmm. and are publicizing it. Yep. You wear Levi's? Never. Just because or just... No, like- I've just never worn them. They weren't, you know... As a girl, you always went through the trends of, you know, Jordache and Sassoon and then uh, Guess. Right. Um, So, no, Levi's were never part of the thing for for me. But um, I did buy a really cute pair for my son a couple years ago. They looked great on them. Levi's? Yeah. Yeah, I buy buy Levi's, too. Uh, but and I remember as a kid, you know, Levi's. You know, we had, we had, we'd go into the Colonel days and stuff mm-hmm. was like a big deal, and getting your Levi's. Uh, but my mom always, you know, she wouldn't buy Levi's. I would have to get like the ghetto Wrangler jeans or <laughs> something like that. I had to go I, or the, the Target jeans. I could never get the Levi's because they were too expensive. So uh, if I wanted a pair of Levi's, I usually had to buy it myself with my newspaper route money but that was you know then when i finally did start working when i started at 12 i was able to actually have that kind of freedom to buy my own levi's but before that it was like no but my, my mom was like i can just make you a pair of jeans like mom <laughs> damn it can you just buy me? i want the levi's tag that was what we everybody was after uh, you, you know? wanted, yeah you wanted the logo yeah yeah i'll just make you jeans with my with my, my materials i was like mom i have jean pattern table yeah so levi says that they are throwing its hat into the political ring and levi strauss and company ceo chip berg announcing via an op-ed for fortune that the brand is taking calculated steps to end gun violence in america they've initiated the safer tomorrow fund millions of dollars one million dollars in philanthropic grants that will act as a pipeline to activists and nonprofits dedicated to ending gun violence. What does that mean? So they've also partnered with Every Town for Gun Safety, joining a uh, bunch of executives, uh, including Michael Bloomberg. So these are Every Town business leaders for gun safety. So if you are a radical, anti-gun, whatever you want to be person, you now have can tap into the Levi's Safer Tomorrow Fund. And when you buy a pair of Levi's jeans, a portion of whatever you're buying is going into the Safer Tomorrow Fund, just right. so you know. Mm-hmm. Unreal. Bunch of uh, – and, and in this article that we were reading, as Doug Giles so eloquently points out, is isn't uh, Levi's all about the rugged cowboy who – Carried a gun. <laughs> well, you know what? Back in the day, I think they were. They become kind of they they kind of morphed into a different kind of brand because of their international style. But you, but he's right, absolutely That's, right. The old school days, yeah. I mean, Colonel Days, right? You know, Colonel Days. He carried a gun. I didn't never see it, but I'm just saying, you're a colonel, you got a gun, right? Yep. I mean, you know, they were they were the yeah they were the Rugged 
individualist that mm-hmm. made America, the pioneering spirit. I mean, I, I think even the guy who was the Marlboro man, didn't he wear a Levi's uh, jacket? Yeah. I mean, come Probably. on. I call Jim Hoff, speaking of all this. Give him a shout here real quickly. Oh, and Ford, by the way. So, I, I, you know, Ford has just announced that it fully supports the right of football players to take a knee at the uh, – uh, at, at, for the national anthem, fully supports it. So, I don't know what that's going to so do, we... there, Brand. <laughs> there were people who were saying that they wanted to. to uh, they liked this because they wanted to see somebody burn their Fords. We are losing options rapidly. Pretty soon, we're going to be walking around naked as pedestrians. <laughs> well, you just have to come up with a different <laughs> brand. You know, you got to you got to fight it with a different brand. Let me just do this here. Uh, Jimmy Hoff, the gateway pundit. Whoops, whoops, wait, 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 wait. Didn't plug, plug that in right. I actually still don't think of whether I plugged it in right. Hold on. When I do Skype, do I have to do the uh, 314? I guess not. Uh, but yeah, Ford is... Uh, but they didn't really make as much of a demonstration out of it than uh, as, uh, Nike. as Nike did, or for that matter, as Levi's did, so... Good morning. Good morning this morning. Jimmy Hoff, the Gateway Pundit, gatewaypundit.com. How you doing, brother? Uh, doing great, Jamie. You're hanging out with me and uh, Gia Valenti and you and the Radio Free Almond crowd, brother. So things are... Uh, Fantastic. Uh, you know, the, 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 uh, the bad news with all of this is that we have to see John Kerry's plastic 80-year-old catwoman face, apparently now, uh, all over the airwaves. <laughs> Uh, John Kerry was on Stephen Colbert's show, and Stephen Colbert—I don't oh, know no. what's on—I don't know what's on Colbert's face either. Whatever that is, he's wearing that goatee he's trying to grow. But let me just let me just give you a little sm- snippet of John Kerry on Colbert's show. Here, does this comfort you in any way? This letter, this op-ed no. letter. Yeah. Okay. No, you know, I mean, first of all, there is a reassurance. It means that for James Buchanan, he's no longer the worst president. <laughs> Did you notice, by the way, when he made the James Buchanan joke, uh, Jimmy, there was a significant lull in the people who were uh, who were responding to it, and and I don't know what that lull was due to. I, I, I Colbert's audience, they're usually younger, and so there's a good chance they went all the way through high school and are probably halfway in college and still don't know who James Buchanan is. So there's that possibility. There's also the possibility that they don't agree with John Kerry that Donald Trump is the worst president since James Buchanan. And so I, so I don't know what the reason is, but for whatever reason, they then picked up when the applause lights went on. And they did, you know. myself, but yeah. Right, yes. Look, uh, right. They need to be a twin to applause on that show. We know that. Yeah. And sometimes so, they have trouble. And so John Kerry just decides that he's going to respond to this uh, New York Times op-ed written by an anonymous person. By the way, this is the same uh, media, like the NBC slobbered all over this op-ed story when uh, at the same time their excuse for not focusing on the uh, Weinstein story was that there weren't 
named sources in Pharaoh's story, which I find interesting. But they, but there's no named person in this op-ed, and all the media has run with it. Here's John Kerry then again, though. It's really serious. It's, uh, it's foreboding in so many different ways because it really means... I mean, you have somebody stealing something off the president's desk in order to prevent him from making a decision. You have him ordering generals to do something, and within a moment of them being ordered, they turn to their fellow generals and say, we're not doing that. Did that happen? Never, never mind that there's no proof that it actually happened. He's basing it all on whatever uh, anonymous steal a treaty off a, of- anonymous source that he, uh, that, that he wants. But this isn't unusual for John Kerry, though, uh, as, as we know how back in the day he was swift-boating his own men there in, uh, in Vietnam and <laughs> went before Congress and uh, exaggerated the supposed crimes of his fellow soldiers. And so this isn't John Kerry turning on his country and turning on a president isn't necessarily anything new to him, but seeing him out there is. So what do you think is up with this guy? Well, he is talking about running again for president, so maybe he'll be one of the 25 uh, uh, gentlemen or women to uh, take on Trump in 2020. It's going to be very entertaining. I think uh, a lot of these lefties believe the media like they did in 2016, and I think they they uh, believe that it'll be a walk-in uh, in 2020. I think they have another thing coming. Uh, I, most definitely. I mean, I think President Trump was able to, and that's why I thought his response to this op-ed piece yesterday was a good one because everything he said about the New York Times itself was prefaced by a, an itemized list of all of his accomplishments in the first 600-plus days of his presidency and by that list, we were able to see that this is one of the most successful presidents we've seen in a long time in terms of riding this country's ship when it comes to the economy, when it comes to world affairs, et cetera. So, but that also gives us a clear glimpse of why these individuals are doing what they're doing. This clearly has come from the deep state. There's, there's no question about that. And, okay, and, your montage. and, and, and Ke- Kellyanne Conway has pointed out that – this so-called senior administration official could literally be one of thousands of people uh, working in that vicinity of the White House, correct? Right, right, right. So I, I think what's interesting about this, Jamie, and I know you feel the same way, but when I'm around a never-Trumper, I, I can now. feel him out in about two minutes, right? Yeah. <laughs> um, you, can, you can just get that sense of those people who have this disgust for Trump. <laughs> You know, yeah. these Republicans who still don't get it and still can't see that this guy was just what the country needed, um, you know, and we're so blessed to have him as president. I believe that today as much as I did when he uh, came down the escalator when, and announced his, his run for president. This guy has been phenomenal. And uh, so I'm surprised, for one, that somebody that's so anti-Trump would not stick out like a sore thumb, um, although – I will add that uh, we had a reporter in the White House for several months last year. And uh, I got to tell you, I don't know who it was, if it was Rince Priebus or this, this Stefano person, whoever it was, they, they loaded up the White House with some never-Trumpers. 
Um, so we do have Trump has always been right about the deep state. And uh, unfortunately, that includes uh, a significant part of the Republican Party. These elites who can't stand Trump and think they know what's best for all of us, even though all of their policies have failed middle America. So unfortunately, there are some people in the White House who uh, just don't have his best interests in mind. And that's very disappointing. But uh, again, somebody that sour towards the president, I'm surprised he doesn't stick out at this point. Um, so that's one thing. And that makes me think it's suspicious, for one, um, or else this guy's just the biggest liar, or he's uh, he's uh, working behind the scenes in more way than one. The other thing I'd like to mention, though, and Trump tweeted this out this morning, he just said this, and that is that uh, whoever this guy is, he's saying he's trying to, you know, rein in Trump and protect the country. Whatever he's doing, it's not working because Trump is on fire and his policies have worked. The economy's never been better. Our foreign policy uh, hasn't been this good in, uh, what, 20, 30 years? So uh, whoever this guy is, he's failing in his attempts to take down Trump. Now, there are even people like Jeffrey Tubin and some other individuals who have been no friends of the Trump administration who are fairly shocked that the New York Times would print an op-ed like this without a name attached to it because, you know, generally the policy of the New York Times, its own policy has always been to use anonymous sources sparingly. I mean, that's really been – even when I was over at Channel 4, I, 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 I have uh, – I did investigative reporting constantly and, and won many awards doing it and never – once used anonymous sources, never, because because basically our standards were if you can't have somebody go in front of a camera and tell you with a name attached to it, you're not going to have any credibility. Now, obviously, there are times when you can use an anonymous source. I get all that. But to make it now a routine part of your operation, I'm talking about every story that you have that's anti-Trump is based on somebody who's anonymous. And now suddenly you're adopting your anonymous source policy uh, and your liberal use of it into your op-eds. I mean, that doesn't make any sense. <laughs> right. It's, it's unbelievable. And uh, you know, what's funny too, Jamie, is that uh, at Gateway Pundit, we were very successful the past few years. We were uh, the top four most influential websites during the 2016 election, according to Harvard, um, on the conservative side. And yet we battle uh, for our legitimacy all the time because, again, on the left, everybody walks in lockstep. And on the left, their, their media does not just include the mainstream media and every outlet in the mainstream media except for Fox. And Fox is pretty moderate I believe. I don't think they're even that far right at all, except for a couple of their hosts. Um, so we're battling that all the time. And yet, then you see these jokers who've been pushing this uh, this non-existent Russia collusion story for over a year and a half now. There's nothing there. You know it. I know it. Your listeners know it. Um, and uh, now they're pushing out fake op-eds. Jamie, I could write an op-ed tomorrow like that and send it off to the New York Times and wonder if they'll publish mine. <laughs> about how bad the deep state is or how, uh, you know, awful Obama was, you know, um, but they won't publish that. Everything, everything is meant to hit Trump. They're, it's very transparent how much this media uh, dis, despises Trump and hates the American people and uh, really the people in the heartland, the workers. 
And uh, I think uh, Trump, one of his uh, greatest legacies will be the fact that he allowed the media to expose themselves on how dishonest, deceitful, and biased and politicized they are. Uh, I, I think that's a I think that's a foregone conclusion here, and, and I think now every time, time and time again, we have proof that when President Trump calls these individuals the enemy media, that they are, and and all you have to do is go back to Swift Boat John again and listen to what he says and the conclusion he came uh, to. After reading the op-ed, and this was really, I think, the most diabolical part of the the interview with Colbert. This is a guy who wants to be president. Actually, I I don't really know how uh, Kerry and Biden are going to get rid of all those annoying black people who might want to be president. But they'll figure out a way, I'm sure, like they tried to do with Obama. But we'll see how that's going to go. But nonetheless, this is a guy who wants to be president of the United States. Listen to this. Hold on. Hold on. Hold on. Hold on. But he is not. Or anything like that? No, no. no, it never happened. You know, Stephen, what it really means is we, we don't have a, a, a president. I mean, this is a guy who wants to be president of the United States, who clearly is using, utilizing language that is completely undermining the president of the United States and saying we actually don't have one. Now, again, we're used to Swift Boat John's, uh, you know, embellishing and and hyperbola but nonetheless this is uh this is unbelievable this guy yeah that's that's pretty awful and uh again um it's really quite amazing that this media is able to cover up all of trump's accomplishments and i noticed this morning as i'm getting going trump put out a couple tweets last night pointing out to the inner media that, uh, you know, again, some of his, uh, the things that he's done, the historic economy, the historic employment rates. Um, and, uh, he also teased by the way, in one of his tweets last night that he, uh, these, these documents may be released that will reveal more corruption in the deep state. So I hope he does that today. You know, I think, I think he, whoever's advising him to hold off on that, I think that's bad advice. I think he needs to expose to the American people, shine a light on, on this corruption that's there, that we know is there, that the uh, Sessions Department of Justice continues to hide from the American people. I just wish Trump would just declassify all of it. Well, I... I- I agree with you on that, and I don't know what's going on between him and Sessions or what's going to happen with all this. There are still some people who still believe somehow that this is all just a, well, really, Sessions is behind the scenes about to indict Hillary. It's like, ah, you know, I, I, we'll, we'll see about <laughs> that. That's, that's kind of wishful thinking. Uh, I did love the bit, which is at the top of Gateway Pundit here, and there was a little bit of this mentioned yesterday, although I think other reporters are scared to talk about it. But it looks like these protesters who are the ones who are braying and shouting in the Kavanaugh hearings, it looks like these uh, protesters are actually being paid. Is that correct? Right. Uh, it's absolutely correct. I think there's plenty of proof there on our it – was, it's our featured story right now. And there uh, were three doctors from Texas who went into the hearing, I believe it was on Tuesday, and they uh, – they said that while they were standing in line, they noticed 
what they saw was uh, they said protesters being paid. And so they, they did this interview um, with an a, a Internet reporter, and um, he posted their interview up online. And these, of course, are uh, very reputable. They're doctors. You can look them up. And uh, that's their story. But then what came out after that is there's actually pictures of this one protester getting tossed from the uh, hearing the other day at Kavanaugh's hearing. I think 63 people were tossed from the hearing for standing up and screaming because that's what the Democrat Party stands for today, this thuggery that they continue. Um, so, so there's this one woman in a check dress. She's getting tossed out of the hearing. And then in the next picture over, people put these together. There's uh, some guy with this bag of money paying her cash. And you can clearly see that it's cash and he's handing it over to her. So I don't think there's a, I don't think it's a question about did this happen. I'm actually quite stunned that this didn't take off. Um, I think we have all the evidence there that we need. And uh, so we have this up. Of course, it got a lot of attraction. We have 840 comments on Gateway Fund and 24 thousand uh, Facebook shares on this story. Um, but, you know, this is, again, Jamie, you know this, and I know this, this has been going on for years, these rent mobs that the uh, the Democrats seem to bring at every event they have, you know. Uh, they, it doesn't appear that they have much grassroots organizing, but they certainly have a lot of professional organizing at all these different events. We saw it in Ferguson during the Mike Brown riots. So well, even yeah, uh, because it's amazing photos though. Yeah, and you also have a uh, you you have a really interesting tweet up there from the Refuse Fascism Twitter account that actually it looks like they're actively they're just actually recruiting people to come by any gaggle of protesters and and join in and that's clearly an invitation to come on and we'll write you a check it says um we're in dc outside the senate building where the kavanaugh confirmation hearings are being held find a protest near you this week at refusefascism.org so if you go to the website you can actually find a, a protest <laughs> around you and 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 find somebody who might write you a check for for screaming your lungs out at the kavanaugh hearing yeah, yeah, and well, and and they're that's not the left for you. Yeah, they're not very good at it either because they <laughs> they they are. It's it's not very interesting because everything is so predictable. So you know uh, there will be a senator who might ask a question, and then Kavanaugh will start to answer it, and then in a pause with Kavanaugh, there will be then a uh, an outburst, and then they'll be removed, and it's just like one thing. It's it's so boring. <laughs> um, yeah, and even their costumes aren't even that clever anymore. They got some guy from Code Pink. Actually, this his name is Ty. He's been uh, one of the seven protesters from Code Pink that seems to pop up everywhere in Washington, D.C. He dressed as a condom uh, and tried to get into the hearing. So uh, that, I guess, was a bit, uh, you know, unusual, uh, but it's not, it's not atypical for these leftists to wear crazy costumes. Uh, unfortunately for Ty, they wouldn't let him in the hearing, but, uh, this is a modern day left, just completely unhinged. They offer nothing, but they demand that we, uh, allow them in power. So, uh, it's there, it's, it's really unbelievable what we're watching here in America today. Yeah. It's interesting, you know, uh, because, because in this situation, 
uh, these folks are clearly only – they know they're going to lose. And they know that this is a this is a foregone conclusion that Kavanaugh is going to be confirmed. So a lot of this is really just at this point is just theater, correct? I mean, that, 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 <laughs> yeah, it looks like it. There's I don't know what could derail Kavanaugh at this point. Um, so it looks like he'll be uh, he'll be voted uh, sworn in maybe by the end of the month or early next month as the next Supreme Court justice, uh, unless. The, the left is successful in peeling a couple of Republicans away from this guy. But so far, I haven't seen any, uh, you know, any sign that that's going to happen. Um, I guess you never know with some of these Republican senators. Uh, we certainly have quite a few wild cards. Fortunately for America, though, we have John Kyle in there today instead of John McCain. So that should help uh, the president significantly. Yeah, I was afraid they were going to, you know, appoint, you know, Megan or Cindy or some other petulant member of the McCain family to become the uh, uh, the next senator there, and I'm glad they didn't do that. Yeah. Uh, yeah, but, wasn't that something, J- Jamie? I, sorry to interrupt, but yeah. wasn't that something to see all these uh, lefties last week? Guy Benson, who works for Fox News, has a radio show there. He's a big never-Trumper. Um, a couple others, they were saying, Megan McCain would be the best senator. Well, then two days later, she makes a complete ass out of herself at the funeral <laughs> yeah. by just turning it into a pep rally against Trump. So uh, I haven't heard any of these uh, these jerks, uh, you know, r- responding to her just awful, awful words at the funeral. Well, I'm really, so, I'm really super. Can you imagine her as a senator? Oh, well, makes you cringe. Guy Benson could only hope to have more never Trumpers. Uh, elected or whatever. And and I'm glad you brought up Guy Benson because uh, he's another one of these individuals who basically has wormed his way back into uh, the Fox News culture there, uh, much like Dana Perino, much like Chris Steyerwalt, or or even for that matter, Geraldo, who were voraciously anti-Trump, never Trump, and now kind of have have squeezed back. I think it was um, was it Stephen um, Hayes is another example of that. Like they're all kind oh, of yeah. like back there, and they're all kind of running this this rap about how they're supposedly supportive of the administration. But in the end, they're still they 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 will remain and will always be never Trumpers, and they're not fooling anybody. You know, I, the other day, absolutely, when uh, on the like the seventh time. John uh, John McCain had a funeral. Um, the, the the first among the multiple times there was a, I don't know how how many times was this guy buried? By the way, I mean I was, <laughs> right. I, was I was surprised he didn't cut John McCain into a hundred pieces and just had a hundred different funerals for each part of his body. I mean just just to kind of squeeze <laughs> just to kind of extract what they could extract out of the hatred for Donald Trump. Now we're going to bury John McCain's head. By the way, do you know that Donald Trump is a Jimmy? You know, and so anyway, the first one was in Arizona, and lo and behold, there is Ben Sass, who is the uh, one of the uh, anchors of the John McCain funeral procession coverage in Arizona. And Ben Sass is like, you know, John McCain and I became fast friends. I said, no kidding. I'm sure you did. I'm sure he took you right under his wing when you were your never Trumper 
itself. And and of course, at this point, Sass is desperately hoping nobody primaries him. I wish they would, but nonetheless, uh, oh, Sass so. was there. Yeah. I I just turned it right off. I was like, dude, I'm not listening to Ben yeah, Sass. Tell I can't me, stand that guy. Cannot. Yeah. Stand, I'm I'm with you, Jamie. I just can't stand watching that guy anymore. Well, and the never Trumper guys like Ben Sass actually. One of their main beefs about President Trump is supposedly their personality. But when you're a beta like Ben Sass, uh, somebody who's an alpha just intimidates you. And that's the sum total of your survival is by just whining like a beta all day long. But nonetheless, what, what, what Sass said was how much he admired the fact that John McCain – was could scream at people and yell at people and had this uh, irascible kind of temperament and everything else. And it's like, wait a minute, I thought that was a bad thing to have uh, a temper or to have or to speak off the cuff. But he so admired John McCain's, you know, off the cuff nature and unpredictable nature when he spent a year and a half criticizing Donald Trump for the very same thing. Yeah, that is amazing, isn't it? It's it's at, at a certain point you wonder what really is it that they don't like about Donald Trump, because uh, they certainly uh, don't have any beefs about his results. And then you you know you compare him to McCain. I don't know. It's just these never Trumpers. I can't figure them out. But like I said earlier in our discussion today, Jamie, I can spot them though within two or three minutes, and uh, that's why I, I I I have a very difficult time watching Fox News during the day. Um, I do uh, enjoy Fox Business Network to watch on TV, but uh, yeah, some of these too. people on, you know, on Fox are just awful. I just can't even watch it. Yeah. Well, and Emily pointed out on the Facebook feed that uh, that as much as we hate Sass, his opening remarks at the Kavanaugh hearings were really good. And I agree, his opening remarks were really good. But when I watched Ben Sass and his opening remarks at the hearings, all I could think about was how this would never happen if Ben Sass had his way. So, uh, so uh, there would be no Kavanaugh, there would be no Gorsuch, there would be wow. no Senate confirmation hearing for a Republican-appointed uh, Supreme Court justice if Ben Sass actually had his way. So, uh, no matter what he says at these hearings, uh, falls on my deaf ears because uh, we wouldn't. He wouldn't mm-hmm. even be saying what he said if actually he, right. if we followed Ben Sass's instincts on the election. I'm just saying. No. Oh, absolutely. And we, you know, we see the same thing from people like Ben Shapiro, man, that guy puts out tweets every day, trashing Trump. And yet, uh, he was one of the, the ones who said, I will never trust Trump to pick a, a Supreme court justice, you know, conservative justice. Um, of course these people aren't ever held to account too. So that, you know, uh, I get tired of that too. Yeah. Anyway. Sh- Shapiro is one of those guys, uh, you know, he also has he's got his whole campus freedom free speech rap going now, and I get it, and it's a, and it's a good thing for him to talk about. But I'll, I I don't forget that either that he hated me, and I'm not saying he hated me personally. He despised people who voted for Trump, and and let me tell you something: that whoever wrote that op ed hates you too, people. Uh, they they and, and 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 they don't think that your voice in the election of 2016 mattered, and that's everything you need to know. You need to be very careful about uh, about this because these are people who, if they had their way, they would have a coup, and they would remove our duly elected president. I guarantee you. Absolutely. 
They gotta hang that guy. I'll tell you the truth. <laughs> you mean? Mm. You know what I mean? Uh, by the way, so so to, to John Kerry's uh, back to John Kerry. We'll give it full circle here before I let you go. So Swiftboat John is up there with uh, Colbert and his cat lady face and t- telling us about how we really don't have a president. And I was wondering, okay, so John Kerry wants to be president. How's he going to deal with um, Cory Booker and Kamala Harris and these individuals? Because generally, if you're a white Democrat, you are usually plotting to undercut black Democrats who might unseat you. Hillary tried that with Obama and Biden will try it and everything else, but how do you remove them? But it looks like it might not be that hard for Kerry to do that, considering Kamala Harris's performance at the Kavanaugh hearings, in which she apparently is dumb as a bag of hair (laughs) because uh, she was grilling Kavanaugh. I was like, yeah, have you ever had a conversation with uh, one uh, Mueller? He goes, yeah, lady, I worked with him. Oh, well, you know, I mean, say, it just was so foolish, you know. So oh, apparently, absolutely. Apparently this is going to be easy, but yeah. All right, buddy. Well, listen, you're doing great stuff there. Uh, the Gateway Pundit, thegatewaypundit.com. And, uh, man, you are uh, fantastic. And I so appreciate the fact that you're uh, with me at Radio Free Allman. And you're the best, buddy. Right on, Jamie. Thank Thanks you, Jimmy. Okay, take care, man. Yeah, Jim's a good guy. Jim's a brave guy, too, because he, he had people when, when he was he, – he and I were in kind of the same place. And I didn't have the backlash that he had when I hopped on the Trump train. So I didn't – I had people in my own station, obviously, because most of 97.1 was anti-Trump and, and, and only tolerated a lot of you – but but didn't really think very highly of you. I'm just telling you guys. But uh, and, and never and thought this is all going to go away. And you know we'd go back to Marco Rubio somehow. He mm-hmm. was going to come and take us all and lift the fo- and and carry us through the over the, the threshold, threshold or whatever it happens to be, sweep us off our feet and blah 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 blah. So they were all kind of hoping for that. But uh, and so I got I got a certain level of backlash. I got a certain number of pe- emails from people telling me I was not a real conservative. It's no wonder now you're found out, and we realize you're this, you're that. I was like, okay. So, uh, but but Jimmy Hoft, who ran in the circles of many people in the Tea Party and other people who you know well uh, around here. Uh, he was ridiculed. I mean, he was just uh, taken to task and called a traitor and everything else because of his advocacy for President Trump. And it wasn't just advocacy. It was like merely sometimes even defending President Trump against, you know, ridiculous accusations and and, and Glenn Beck claims that he was going to be the next Hitler or whatever. So there was a great deal of... Um, backlash and jimmy survived it uh it was harder for him than it was for me but boy he was he went through it i'll tell you wow did you go did you like when when the elections like when the we had all the primary candidates were you initially a trump person or did you gravitate towards him or how what was your attitude initially gia well i always liked him in life um and i read the art of the deal and 
I've just, I've had a lot of respect for Donald Trump for a long time. When he initially announced that he was going to be part of this, you know, this election, I was a little taken back by it, but I was intrigued beyond belief. Yeah. And so I listened very closely. Yeah. And it didn't take me long to figure out that hands down, he was my guy. Yeah. It was pretty easy. No brainer. It's interesting because I, I remember him when he was on with Stern a lot. Mm. And by the way, his whole Stern time is coming back now because, right. because they have, they have the, we have tape of him calling people retarded. It's like, okay, I get it. But I don't know whether you guys have ever, um, I don't know whether you guys have ever, I, I don't. But it was okay for Obama to talk about, you know, his, uh, wasn't it his, his bowling or what was it? What was he doing that was like a like he was in the Special Olympics? Oh yeah, yeah, right, right, right yeah. I references like that really bother me, and and I I never use the word retarded to describe somebody. But 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 again, all you have to do is go back into um, it, it, in I I'll never forget reading this article, and I, I wish I could find it again. It's somewhere out there. But it was an article about how misunderstood President Trump is in terms of his queen's attitude and accent and, 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 and uh, the queen's dialect or the, 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 the uh, queen's kind of jargon. approach to stuff, you know, in jargon, yeah. Mm-hmm. And, and it was really an interesting article about how uh, there are, uh, that President Trump is a different kind of person because of where he comes from. So you have all these boroughs in New York and you have people from Brooklyn and you have people from Queens and that, that everything else. And, and the way they describe president Trump was like, he's every bit a guy from Queens. And so, and, and, and as long as you accept that part of him and understand that that's his personality and that's where he comes from. And that's not unusual any more than you, somebody comes from, you know, Tuscaloosa or New Orleans or whatever. They all have certain traits about them that fit that way they were raised and the people they hung out with and the people they hung out with on the streets and everything else. And everybody was kind of like spoke their own separate language. And that's – you read that article. It's really uh, pretty interesting to see how much he's – just like a Queens guy. And, and you got to, and yeah, can you get past some of the things, the way he talks? Uh, yeah, you can. Once you, once you realize that he's a product of his You can take the guy out environment. of Queens, but you can't take Queens out of the guy. No, no, <laughs> not at all. And, and, but anyway, I remember back in the day when he used to appear on Stern. And sometimes he would be annoying to me because he would take these shots at, you know, Bush or take these shots at people. And I remember at one, one time, um, you know, uh, just kind of saying, "Golly, I wish Donald Trump would sh- shut up or whatever." Uh, then I remember him when when Anthony Weiner was around, and and I played that soundbite that I always played from my machine. And he's a psycho because mm-hmm. President Trump back in the day he'd do these videos from his office. That's when we, he was starting to gear up for, for the, the presidency, or, and well, the. But well, or maybe even the before apprentice. that, the apprentice, he was okay. really becoming quite animated before that rolled out. Okay, up. yeah. So he would do these videos from his office, and they were funny as hell. I mean, they were really, they were really great videos. Mm-hmm. He's just sitting at a desk, just riffing on stuff. And Anthony Weiner was another example of that. And so I grabbed a little soundbite from that. But then, 
Go ahead. I was just going to say, he's always so, in my mind, he's so clear-headed and just he just nails it. He just nails it. He's yeah. so clear-headed in his his sarcasm. Everything he does is on point. It's just on point. He's so direct. Yeah, yeah, and and he's a lot more humble than people give him credit maybe that's for. The Queens, I don't know. Well, I mean, you know, he he, he the directness. I, you know, the New Yorker. Well, here here's another thing, and and people have heard us talk about this before, so I don't want to sound like a broken record on the matter, but but. I remember when I was going to do an interview with him on TV, and he was um, he we we're just off air, and we were about to go on, and he was like, "Hey, um, how do you think we're going to do in Missouri?" You know, he's just asking me, like he doesn't even know me, but but uh, but he asked me how he's going to do it in Missouri. Now that that's that's a person who is clearly the kind of person who looks at every person. And really sees them as an equal to him. Like he'll talk to them, he'll say things to them. I remember, never forget when I was down at the Peabody with um, Aiden, and then Denise was next to me, and we were in the kind of handshaking line, and he was, you know, asking questions, and uh, you know, we'd, we'd say hi, what's up, and he, and then, and then he wasn't as interested in me as he was in Denise. So you know, and, and but he was just a real guy, mm-hmm. right? And so, uh, you know. That's why when remember he said uh, I love the uneducated. Mm-hmm. How easy it was for the mainstream media and the political establishment to totally misconstrue what he was saying, yep. because they they were assuming that He's looking down. Yeah, he loved people. people who were stupid, so right. he could run something by them. Right. But what he meant was, he goes, "I appreciate. I don't. I appreciate people who are so-called uneducated. I never liked that term, educated or uneducated, because to me, there are a lot of uneducated people who you describe as uneducated who went all through college right. and everything else. Oh yeah, Kamala Harris would be a great example Absolutely. of an uneducated person. Uh, but but I never liked this that standard. But anyway, what he meant was, he said, "I I." I appreciate I, – I grew up with people like you who maybe didn't have the money to go to college mm-hmm. or who instead were in the trades or worked in manufacturing or whatever else. So do you want to hear Kamala Harris, by the way? <sighs> that was really – I mean – It was hilarious. She thought she was <laughs> Ironside. She thought it's she was Perry comical. Mason here. Judge, have you ever discussed Special Counsel Mueller or his investigation with anyone? Well, it's uh, in the news every day. Have you discussed it with anyone? But she thinks she's just got him dead to rights Uh, here. With other judges, I know. Uh, Have you discussed Mueller or investigation with anyone at Kasowitz, Benson, and Torres, the law firm founded by Mark Kasowitz, President Trump's personal lawyer? Uh, Be sure about your answer, sir. Um, well, I'm not remembering, but if you have something you want to... Are you certain you've not had a conversation with I, anyone at that law firm? Kasowitz, Benson. Kasowitz, Benson, and yeah. Torres, which is the law firm founded by Mark Kasowitz, yeah. who is President Trump's personal lawyer. Are you? Have you had any conversation about... Robert Mueller, or his investigation with anyone at that firm? Yes or no? Well, is there a person you're talking about? I'm asking you a very direct question, yes or no. 
I, I need to know the, uh, I'm not sure I know everyone who works at that law firm. I don't think you need to. I think you need to know who you talked with. Who'd you talk to? He could easily, like, have put this I as. I, I, I'm not remembering, but I'm, I'm happy to be refreshed, or if you want to tell me who you're thinking so are you, worked. I, are you saying that with all that you remember, you have an impeccable memory. You've been speaking for almost eight hours, I think, more with this committee about all sorts of things you remember. Yeah. How can you not remember whether or not you had a conversation about Robert Mueller or his investigation with anyone at that law firm? This investigation has only been going on for so long, sir. So right. please I'm not sure I do I, I I'm just trying to think, do I know anyone who works at that firm? I might know Edmund. Have you had a, that's not my question. My question is have you had a conversation with anyone at that firm about that investigation? It's a really specific question. I would like to know the person you're thinking of because what if there's I think a, you're thinking of someone and you don't want to tell us. She's she's clearly like Who way have a conversation with I, I am and, and, and if I didn't if, Mr. Chairman, I, I I'd like to raise an If I didn't know any better, I would think that 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 sh- that he was just waiting for a possibility that she was just waiting for a chance to, to kind of see if she could nail him down. And she was waiting for this opportunity to try to make him like say something stupid. He, on the other hand, I think is waiting for an opportunity to embarrass her. Right. I think. Mueller, I used to work. In the administration with Bob Mueller. <laughs> okay, we'll go back. We'll go back to it, and then they, after a while, they break down, and everybody's like trying to get this point of order, and 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 no one's really speaking to each other directly about anything here, and she thinks she's got this gem here that's going to propel her into the presidency in 2020, <laughs> and then it kind of goes south from Very there. Good, that's the right result. Sir, please answer the question. I don't know everyone who works at that law firm center. And have you had any discussion with anyone ever about Bob Mueller <laughs> and or his investigation? So see, now, now she's changed it because she was f- focusing on the firm. And now she thinks she's really going to go for the kill here. So you said Bob Mueller or. So have or I ever had a discussion about Bob Mueller? I used to work. In the administration with Bob Mueller. What about his investigation? Have you had a conversation? With I mean, th- this is just a debacle because these folks, what they're doing is if they're if they're not filibustering, uh, filibustering with their wasted questions, uh, they are just getting up and screaming and yelling about process, and then the people they're paying or their people are paying are just getting up and disrupting the whole damn thing. It is theatrics. It's it's a circus. Yeah. And yet, the, in the end result, ladies and gentlemen, is going to be that uh, that Kavanaugh is going to be the next Supreme Court yep. justice. Amen. Boy, am I glad I wasn't on that uh, Emirates flight. Did you hear about that? Where everybody was had the flu. Ugh. No, I did not. Did you hear Ugh. that? Did you hear that Vanilla Ice was on the plane? <laughs> oh no. So they had 10 passengers removed from this uh, Emirates flight. And Vanilla Ice apparently was on, on it. I don't know what he was doing in the Emirates, but I, whatever. So they were in Dubai. And so this plane lands. It's a double-decker A3, A380. And it lands at the airport. 
And initially they said like 100 people were sick on the airplane. And yet it turns out there were actually only 10 or maybe a, a couple or a dozen or so people. But these people apparently all were had temperatures above 100 on this airplane and vanilla ice is is uh is uh you know he's he's tweeting out from the plane and everything else that hey i've got ambulances all around i've got i wonder if i have any vanilla ice here by the way let me just see if i do um yeah do i have any vanilla ice would i would i have any reason to have vanilla ice in my in my repertoire Rep- repertoire no i don't but I'll, I'll get some so we can uh go out with this and uh Take a little, uh, pay some bills here. Do you like to fly? What? Do you like to fly? Um, not really. Why? The older I get, I don't. Why? I don't know. Is it pain? No. I just don't. I, I'm uncomfortable with it. I like to be in control. Oh, I see. That's the thing. Yeah. Yeah. I don't, I mean, but I, I'm not like white knuckle. I mean, I'm not, I won't not get on one. But if I had a choice, I'd rather, you know, get in the car and drive to Japan. Sometimes, sometimes <laughs> just get in the car and drive to Japan. Sometimes it's more fun that way. I get it, but um, but I, I, I I've really fallen in love with flying. I've been on a lot of uh, flights lately, but I am deadly when I play a haven't, haven't been sick though. Haven't had a hundred degree temperature. That's for sure. All right, from the Discovery Design Studios, DiscoveryDesignInc.com. Thanks a ton, guys. Rick and Jerry Pogue over there. Appreciate you guys. Don't forget, on the 27th of September, it's a Thursday, we've got the Santino Cigars and Cocktails Radio Free Almond Happy Hour. Are you going to be there, Gia? Yep. We plan on coming. Okay. Trying to sound so excited. <laughs> I'm really so excited. So we're going to have the uh, County Brown Barbecue guys there so you can buy uh, some barbecue. We're going to raise money for the... Backstoppers program, so we're going to turn the Radio Free Almond Happy Hour into a fundraiser, too, for, for Backstoppers, so hope you can be there. Thank you, Mike Marino and Shannon, for making this all happen, and Brett Steinhoff, who's handling this whole thing for us. All the, all the food, at least. And so whatever drinks you want, they got, so if you are... They have your bottle, is what we like to say about... Santino Cigars and Cocktails right off of Vogel Road in beautiful Arnold. So it's on the 27th. We'll have more out there. We're going to put a flyer out on our email. And then we're going to... Oh, look, this is a, be- this is a, this is a better one. Do you think he's... I guess he does, still does this in Dubai, huh? I, did, I don't know. I don't, I don't really follow his career. They got all kinds of different remixes of the Ice Ice, baby. You want to hear the Zumba mix? Here. Funny. Doesn't sound as good, right? Yeah, it's not bad. Yeah. Isn't it supposed to have that, like, salsa feel underneath it? Isn't that what Zumba is? It's supposed to have, like, that, you know. Yeah. Thanks to Dr. Deputy, DeputyWellness.com, too. Met with uh, Eric last night and Ryan. 
We've got some big plans in the offing for Radio Free Almond 2.0, so that's going to be a ton of fun. Matt just informed us Vanilla Ice is in the St. Louis area this weekend. Oh, is he? Was he supposed to be at Bluefest? Oh. Matthew Mitchell and the Matthew Mitchell Allstate Agency. Oh, really? Where's that? Oh, wow. At the Hollywood Casino Amphitheater. He's going to be out there. That's interesting. A 90s, uh, all, covering all 90s stuff, huh? Hold on, let me see this. Because uh, I've got something with the... Uh... Yeah, Ma- uh, Matthew Mitchell and Matthew Mitchell Allstate Agency, 855-QUOTE-ME for all of your uh, insurance, car, home, life. I just hooked up with him on the... Uh, on, on a new life insurance policy. Here's the problem, I, uh, Matt. I can't. The, the, I don't have a jack on my phone uh, a- anymore. You have. You need the. You got. You have the thing. There's a. Uh, there's a. An adapter that you have to stick in there. Yeah. Right. Do you have it? No. It came with your phone. It did. It did. Oh. Did you get a new phone recently? Yeah. It's a, it's the ten. Do you still have the the box that it came in? I don't know. You can buy one. They're cheap. But you have, to put the, you have to put it there so that you can plug your... You're talking about headphones. You don't have that. Yeah, I'm, try, yeah, I'm trying to get it to play through my computer. Yeah. You need the, the adapter. That's not happening. Is that what you're telling me? Unless you have the adapter. All right. So uh, here's the deal. Um, I'm trying to get this on. Because Matt sent me... A, uh, Saturday night I went to the ball game with... Uh, with my buddy Chris Espana. Oh, it's awesome. And and um so I we, have it, I can play mine. Oh, you can? Yeah, didn't you send it to me, Matt? Okay. Yeah. So uh we were at the uh after the game, Chris and I went to the Broadway Oyster Bar. Oh, I have I mean I can play it off my phone. I mean, oh. I, I, yeah, I mean Oh, you want to uh, hook it up to the computer. Yeah, uh, unless you can hook it up to the computer, but I I can just play it off my phone like you, so it'll be it'll be no difference. But so we are uh we are at the Broadway Oyster Bar and Matt had told me he was going to be at the Broadway Oyster Bar, mm-hmm. but I didn't actually know uh I didn't remember that by the time I got to the Broadway Oyster Bar, let's put it that way. <laughs> <laughs> So Chris and I walk in, and the band's great. I know the band is good, right? But but I didn't. It didn't connect that Matt was in the band. I didn't remember that Matt told me. I didn't know we were going to the Broadway Oyster Bar, so none of that stuff connected right. to me. So we went in there, got our bucket of crawfish and beers and stuff like that. And Matt was playing. Matt's playing the saxophone. What's the name of the band again, buddy? Monk and the People. Monk and the People. And it was a good band. I mean, it was. It was. I mean, walking in there, I was like, "Damn, this is a good band." I didn't. I, and, and and it never occurred to me that it was. It was Matt over there here. That's Matt on the saxophone. Dude, I didn't even know you played. Did you play the guitar too? Yeah, okay. Are you like awesome. a are you like a Coltrane guy and a you one of those guys? All right. 
wondering. I'm going to go tap with them sometime. Sounds good, man. Awesome. So, but 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 he's wearing like a fedora and a Hawaiian shirt. So I think even if I, even if I didn't, even if I would have maybe remembered or just looked at the band, I still would have said, oh, that's Matt. Yeah, so was. did you speak to him at all that night? No. You're just sitting there enjoying this music and had no idea that Matt was... Right. And by the time we were done, even if I had spoken to him, I probably would not have remembered. <laughs> so. Just saying. It means you had a good time. Well, you know, you eat enough crawfish, you gotta... Wash it down. Wash it down with something. Love those. You eat that kind of stuff? Mm-hmm. It's good. So we have the um, bookmakers now who are trying to place the odds on who the uh, who who the leaker might be and who the person might be who wrote this op-ed piece. They said it's a he. They speculated they, it's a he. Well, they didn't well, here's the thing. The, the the when the New York Times tweeted this out that they actually had this uh, this thing. Uh, and 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 that then they were trying to promote this particular uh, thing, you, they said it, they called the person a he. So, so at that point, it was kind of like a giveaway that it was a he. Now, there's also the possibility that they were intentionally misleading people by calling the person a he. And by the fact that they, they called the person a he, it's proof positive that actually it is a she. See that's that's the way I think is is that the fact that they actually chose to use uh, a a he is actually a dead giveaway that it was probably a she. That's how I think. I because guess, because I, mean, I suppose that's a theory. Well, because because let's put it this way, the New York Times, uh, in my opinion, wouldn't just uh, readily. Wouldn't wouldn't be that careless. I mean, they've already been uh, this calculating in in utilizing this thing. They've already been uh, more than more than trying than cagey in, in doing this thing. So it doesn't. It would not surprise me if they said, "I know what we'll do. We know it's a he, but we in order to if, but if we call it a she, then it'll be a dead giveaway." And it won't help matter. So what we'll do is we'll just mislead, mislead people. They'll think they're onto something because we use the term uh, "he" when actually it is a she. Does that make sense? It does. Now, in my opinion, I don't know, and I and I agree with some of these people who are uh, complaining about how the whole, this whole thing is going. Where are the people from President Trump's circle? Who are defending him? Where where are they? Where are the where are the cabinet members who are making pronouncements that this is outrageous and this is terrible what's been done to President Trump? Where are all of President Trump's friends? Where are the people who 
are part of his administration who are publicly going to bat for him. And, and and even as even as the point as as one of the one of his supporters points out, her name is Amy uh, Kremer. She's on the uh, she's on the um, CNN show, and she raises a pretty good point, and and one that I'm kind of wondering about too. I want, and you know what? No, I agree with them. And you're, this is coming from somebody that is so concerned about America, but they can't even stop the president from tweeting, but they have all the answers. Give me a break. I mean, that's absurd. And the well, next no question, not, stop the president from the, tweeting. The next, the next thing I would say is where the hell is the vice president? We elected him and the vice president as a team. Where is he? We are all his soldiers out here defending this president, supporting him because he has done what we've wanted him to do on the economy and making America safer. And the vice president is MIA. Where the hell is he? Good point. Where is he? Where, where is Pence? And, 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 he, and he is the vice, he's the second in command in the white house. So where in, where is the, where in the hell is Mike Pence? Coming out and saying this is outrageous, or uh, you know, where's the where's the chief of staff coming out and saying that where's John Kelly and saying that we're going to find this person if it's the last damn thing that we do? Because believe me, if you all were the subject of something like this, whether it be in any walk of life that you're in, what would you do? Where do you what, what's your speculation on this? I'm curious about this op-ed. Well, I frankly think, in my opinion is it's probably somebody who is a staff member of one of the people close to to the president, but I don't think it's anybody close to him. Okay, so you do think it's from inside the White House? Well, or a staff member who's outside, outside the, the White House. Okay. Yeah, I mean, I, I don't, I don't. I, it could be as Kelly and Conway pointed out, it could be a thousand people, right? Uh, who, who you know because there there are reporters who are saying that that there are a lot of people who are um, who will choose how they're referred to in their in the, in, in, in their reporting. So if you're an anonymous source mm-hmm. uh, and they'll say how do I how do I describe you? There's a good chance that they they will uh, just make sure they just they describe you as. Uh, I'm uh, now senior administration official, or you know, choose you know any number, and, and who knows how they how they embellish this. But anyway, uh, Pence uh, is actually the number one pick of uh, bookmakers as the mole behind the anonymous hmm. bombshell <laughs> in the Times. Now, I happen to like Mike Pence. I'm not really. I, I don't really like to make. I'm not making any accusations. I'm just telling you that the uh, there is a, a website called MyBookie, MyBookie.com, and Pence is a two to three odds favorite as hmm. the person who claims to be working behind the scenes uh, against Amazing. President Trump. You can bet on anything, huh? Yeah, you can. MyBookie. Oh yeah, MyBookie.com. Uh, the, but the biggest favorite, I mean, Pence is like, uh, the kind of the second, the, the biggest favorite at one to three odds 
is the field, which is, I think, where my head is at. And the field is described as someone not listed among the 18 administration officials who are listed by my bookie. So they, they listed the names, and they go, who do you think it is? So um, it, it's not really that profitable. So at two to three odds, a, a winning batter investing a buck would get 66 cents. And at one to three, if you waged a buck, you'd get 33 cents. If, can, you, uh, can you bet on if Hillary's going to, to prison, what the odds are on that, on my bookie? What's that? If Hillary's going to prison, can you look that up on my bookie? Yeah. See what the odds are? Here's the thing. Uh, the 17 uh, named potential moles uh, listed – and, and then you could and you could put the odds next to them. So uh, Betsy DeVos, the educational secretary, she was two to one odds okay. as the as the person. I don't I don't think it's Betsy DeVos. Uh, Mike Pompeo, I don't I don't think there's any way. He's four to one odds. Steve Mnuchin is Treasury Secretary, four to one, not a chance. Uh, John Kelly, four to one odds. Um, no way. Defense Secretary Jim Mattis, uh, five mm-hmm. to one. Mattis is kind of, for whatever reason, is being spoken of as possibly leaving the administration. So I don't know whether or not uh, that might be him, but it doesn't seem like a Mattis thing to do. Uh, Jeff Sessions, five to one, no way. Uh, Interior Secretary Ryan Zicke, six to one. And... Uh, Let's see. And then they go down to the Commerce Secretary and the um, HUD Secretary. And these, these people are, yeah. you know. Jared Kushner is at 12 to 1 <laughs> odds. So uh, there's also a, another uh, Canada-based booking firm called Bovada. And they had their Trump leak odds as well. And uh, they uh, Sessions is the favorite in that one. And again, I just don't think Sessions would. I, I you know, I don't know. So who, I, you know, I, I don't, I don't know who, who it might be, and I, I don't really have a whole lot of. Um, do you think we're going to find out? Yeah, I do. Pence, uh, Pence is then second after the, Sessions with the Canada. Yeah, and mm. Kelly, Kelly is third, and Mattis is fourth. Uh, and. They also keep on bringing up Ivanka and Jared as potential. And, and I just – there's just no way that – first of all, there's no way Ivanka would do this uh, just, just because it's just, it's, it's, it doesn't make – I mean, you know, I know people are weird and I know you never know. And I know back in the day, you know, things have been said and, and I know that sometimes Ivanka will go uh, – you know, off uh, on things, uh, off the grid, but I don't think she would do that to her dad. Now, this isn't the only one that they ask, uh, you know, about what the, what the odds might be. The, what, uh, they, they will, you can, you can actually bet on uh, whether or not Trump will charge the writer of the op-ed with treason. And that's not – no is actually the winner there on that one. Um, so 
Why don't you think it's someone from within the times? What do you mean? Why this op-ed? Why do you think it's not somebody within the New York Times? Who just faked the article? Yeah. I didn't say I didn't think oh. that. Well, I thought you meant that it was someone from with his st- with it, with his staff that did this. Well, I, I mean, I don't know. I, I don't think it's. I, I, it's possible. Anything is possible. That's that's kind of where I'm leaning. Yeah, I, I, anything is possible. But I, I don't. You know, who knows? You're you're running a, a a pretty big risk in doing something like that if you get caught. No. I mean, it would it would it would destroy. The, I mean, it would it would destroy the New York Times. I mean, I, I, I know they're stupid, but I don't think they're that stupid. I mean, at some point, there's, there would be somebody who knew uh, about that, unless you had like three people who were just overseeing the op-ed piece. Uh, but, but the fact of the matter is there are a lot of people, I think there are a lot of people within the administration who uh, do not want to see President Trump succeed. So, sure. You know, I, I don't know. I, I think I think Trump ought to just, uh, you know, bring everybody in to a room and tell them nobody leaves until we find out who it is. Hmm. Sounds good to me. Why not? Uh, odds uh, will present be impeached before the 2020 elections. And uh, those odds are much hmm. better. And it, but that won't happen. You can you can even. Uh, Bet on whether or not Sean Hannity is going to leave Fox News in 2018. Huh. You can also bet on whether or not Sean Hannity will employ will be uh, employed by uh, Donald Trump. Trump. You can bet on whether Melania Trump will divorce him after his presidency. You can you can bet on whether he'll do it during his presidency. It's interesting, people. People bet on pretty much damn everything. everything. I mean, it's 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 uh, it's pretty amazing. And you can also bet, of course, on sports and everything else. But you can also, but 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 mostly, uh, you can you can, this is this is more doing uh, political stuff. Mm. Congratulations, by the way, to the College of the Ozarks. Uh, they are um, uh, a good group of people down there. They have decided to. Do away with all athletic uniforms that display the Nike logo. Point Lookout, Missouri. Right, there. have you ever been to Point Lookout, nope. Missouri? It's the College of the Ozarks, and they've uh, chosen to part ways with Nike. Uh, and the the statement by the College of the Ozarks president is fantastic. It says uh, in their new ad campaign, we believe Nike executives are promoting an attitude of division and disrespect towards America. That was from Jerry Davis. He said, if Nike is ashamed of America, we are ashamed of them. We also believe that those who know what sacrifice is all about are more likely to be wearing a military uniform than an athletic uniform. So the College of the Ozarks has said, we, are, we want nothing to do in any way, shape, or form with uh, with Nike. Good for them. Got rid of it completely. Good for them. Now, somebody had told me that there's a possibility that there's another uh, school out there somewhere, maybe in Alabama, that did the same thing. But College of the Ozarks, uh, good for them, is a pretty strong statement, too. 
and and totally true because to sit through this ad that Kaepernick put together for uh, Nike that he's part of, which is going to be aired, by the way, in the home opener, the NFL season opener. They're going to air this ad, uh, and uh, and NBC's going to do it. And this guy, Kaepernick, has gotten away with this fraud for too long, this idea that he has sacrificed anything when he takes the knee for the for the American flag or takes the knee during the national anthem. When are people going to, or somebody in the mainstream, when are they going to have the guts to say, Kaepernick sucked as a quarterback at the time he was taking the knee. Kaepernick wasn't even going to be guaranteed a starting job when he took the knee. Kaepernick's career was basically going out the door when, when, he, when he took the knee. So what exactly was it that Kaepernick was sacrificing? I, I find the whole ad to be insulting, to be honest with you. It, it's insulting. And if I were a person with a, dis, with a disability or if I were missing a leg or a hand, I would find this ad to be completely insulting. It's insulting to have him be the voice of this ad when people have gone through massive adversity and uncertainty in their lives. And they, they put this guy here talking about sacrifice everything. I, I, you know, I, I, it makes me, makes my blood boil. I think and it's Nike a really made, bad ad. Nike made the calculation and, and, and they're going to have to just deal with the consequences of it. Unfortunately, I don't think, and I gave you all the reasons earlier, I don't think it's really going to come back and, and hurt them at all uh, because that's just the way of the world. You're going to have a certain number of people who are going to now buy Nike who otherwise were not going, were not buying Nike, but now Nike's being talked about constantly and Reebok isn't. So Reebok's got to figure out something else, I guess. I say, I say go with Trump. Why not? If people say your dreams are crazy, if they laugh at what you think you can do, good. Stay that way. Just don't become a police officer. Or I'm going to wear socks that depicts you as a pig. Because what non-believers fail to understand is that calling a dream crazy is not an insult. It's a compliment. True American hero, Colin Kaepernick is. Don't try to be the fastest runner in your school. Yeah, and definitely don't try to be a cop. Or I'm going to make you look like a pig on socks that I wear during my practices. Or the fastest in the world. Be the fastest ever. Don't picture yourself wearing OBJ's jersey. And certainly don't picture yourself wearing a police officer's uniform. Or I'm going to put you on my socks and you're going to look like a pig. Picture OBJ wearing yours. Don't settle for homecoming queen or linebacker. Do both. And if all else fails, take a knee. Somebody might give you a starting job. I mean, this kind of stuff, this is driving me crazy. But a lot of us have finally just kind of said, you know what? Uh, How much are we going to continue to talk about the 
taking of the knee for the national anthem. How much are we going to worry ourselves with Colin Kaepernick or Nike, whatever? At some point, we have to realize that there's a certain segment of our population that's just lost. Hmm. Yep. Corporate and otherwise. You, you, get, you get me a cup of coffee today, and this asshole barista gives you the, the side look. <laughs> I mean, you know what? At some point, we just have to kind of like accept the fact that, you know, and I'm sorry to use the language, but that there just are, there's just an entire swath of America that just are assholes. Yeah. And, that, and that's just how it's all, that's just how it's all playing out. You got assholes in the boardroom of, of Nike. You have assholes over there at Ford Motor Company. Assholes at Twitter. Assholes disrupting hearings. Asshole senators. Mm-hmm. It's just the way it is. It's the way it is. So how do you deal with the assholes? Well, at some point you actually have to, in my opinion, you kind of have to fight back. At some point, and we are doing that yeah. to a certain level, but especially in the corporate world, and we saw it with my situation and we're seeing it now, with these Corporations, these people who uh, who uh, who basically have monopolies on whether it be the number of radio stations they own, the number of TV stations they own, the uh, the the number of shoemakers out there, you know, as as diverse as this country is, why is it that we still have to go to Starbucks and put up with that asshole? selling us coffee. Why is it that we have only three different kinds of pairs of shoes to buy and one of them is run by an asshole corporation like Nike? Why, why is that? So uh, why is it that we have to communicate on a platform run by an asshole like Jack Dorsey when we haven't come up with another platform? Uh, or we have and just haven't used it. So, so at some point, you know, you, we. I think the the only response and the proper response is to, is to is to come up is to come up with options because right now we're just slaves to these major corporations and entities that pretty much control what we do and can control what we do and why that's tolerable is beyond me. Well, the the other the alternative is you just don't support their business. If you can't, if you're not going to rival their business, right, with another brand or another model, then the only other option you have is to not give them your business. Right. That's it. Well, and, and, and but you bring up the the valid point earlier of it's convenient. They're everywhere. You know, it's they they put out a good product. Doesn't taste bad. It tastes really good. It's good. I call it crack because I'm like addicted to my white mochas. But, you know. Um, well, if you but, drink their coffee black, it's burnt. But other than that, I, that's why I guess you, if you put mocha, that's why I guess why people in, put candy bars in their coffee. Exactly. Because in regular life at home, I drink black coffee. Right. I put nothing in it. But when I go to Starbucks, this is, this is my right. candy bar. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, because you, you got to do something with it. Because if you drink it black like I do, it, it's like drinking, they burn it. Yeah. Whatever. But nonetheless... I, I appreciate. I don't want to be an ingrate. I appreciate the coffee. Just next saying. Time, next time, I'll bring you candy. <laughs> no, but 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 at some point we we have this is this is our call 
to have alter- – I mean, like, look what happened with President Trump. And that was actually a gift uh, in, the, in, in the formulation of President Trump coming our way. Uh, but look how we reacted to 25 years or 30 years of Republicans and Democrats running this country under the bus. We reacted by choosing a different brand, and thankfully there was a different brand out there, and it was the Donald Trump brand. Mm-hmm. I, I mean, how is it that we still have a a country where where we only have two main parties? I mean, as diverse as this country is, it's crazy. Yeah, but it's but but, but you know, and, and President Trump, he's not a real Republican. It's like no kidding. Thank goodness. Praise the Lord. Yeah, and, and, and you're lucky right. that he's running as a Republican. Right. Because if he wasn't, the Republican Party would go the way of the Whigs. And actually, it probably should. Hmm. And, 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 if you, and if you look at how the Democrats are voting nowadays, you never know whether the Democratic Party is going to go the way of the Whigs. And I mean, as a party that dies and goes away. Right. But, but, the, but Donald Trump... Uh, in contrast to the way people are describing him, uh, save the Republican Party from itself. Because if all we had to deal with, if, can you imagine living in a world right now where we still had to deal with, uh, we still had all our fortunes tied in to a dead John McCain, an alive Lindsey Graham, a never Trump a hole like Ben Sass. And a Jeb Bush and maybe a, a Megan McCain thrown in there. I mean, can you imagine how miserable our lives would be right now? Oh, yeah. And, and that would be our only answer to uh, Hillary Clinton, who they all helped elect. Mm-hmm. Can you imagine how miserable that would be? Slit your wrist with a rusty butter knife. I mean, yeah, I mean, it would be <laughs> terrible. And so, and so, thank goodness that President Trump came along, and it saved the Republican Party that didn't deserve to be saved, to tell you the truth. But it saved the Republican Party, and that's why I thought that Greitens was good for the Missouri Republican Party, because because we were as tired of inaction on the part of uh, of our normal average every Republicans as we were on the national level with Trump. By the way, somebody mentioned Scooter mentioned earlier uh, regarding John Kerry's comment about James Buchanan. Now, um, James Buchanan, one of the comments was that James Buchanan is admired in the LGBT community. Mm. Now, keep in mind, James Buchanan was the only, um, was the only bachelor president uh, the never married president. Now, I, I don't, there's no indication whatsoever that James Buchanan was gay. Uh, there's, there's not one ounce of proof that he was. Although back in those days, if you were a bachelor on into your, you know, 50s or whatever, it was widely believed that you probably were, were gay. But there's, unless there's some kind of folkloric, uh, historical nature uh, of uh, of James Buchanan being gay. In fact, if you just Google James Buchanan uh, and gay, you probably will get a lot of hits on it. 
But if you Google Batman and Robin gay, you'll get a lot of <laughs> hits on it too. So I'm just saying. Because they were. Ace and Gary. Okay, yeah. So, so the first one uh, the, is from the. Uh, if you look, if you look, <laughs> if you look at all the hits, James Buchanan gay. The first one will be James Buchanan, America's first gay president. <clears throat> then you have um, Salon with our real first gay president. The other one is: Has America already had a gay president? Let's see. Uh, here's one where they where Newsweek. <laughs> um, okay, here's here's the here's the. Uh, this is weird. This is in Time Magazine. You may have seen other controversial news magazines cover this week, the one where Newsweek dubbed President Obama the first gay president. Now they didn't. I don't think they were insinuating he was gay, but the Huffington uh, Post actually names a person that they think Buchanan was in a relationship with. Well, they think Lincoln was gay, right? Like he was. You know, I, who knows? Uh, there, there's a historian, though, uh, many of them who uh, believe that uh, that James Buchanan was uh, was the first gay president. He was he made, remained a bachelor throughout his entire life. His niece handled the duties of first lady, and he lived with William Rufus King, mm-hmm. an Alabama senator and uh, vice president under Franklin Pierce. <laughs> so uh, apparently, Andrew Jackson, who uh, was fairly vocal. And I guess this doesn't surprise me at all, given uh, given this whole area there. Uh, Andrew Jackson <laughs> referred to uh, James Buchanan and William King as Miss Nancy and Aunt <laughs> Fancy. Of course, keep in mind, back in the day, too, though, when, when Jefferson and Adams were around... There was at one point where they one accused the other of being a hermaphrodite. So, I mean, that's how weird things, things got. Were. But it was kind of odd for that period of time uh, to be living with a dude. I mean, just mm-hmm. in general. Yeah, it wasn't the first time that a president had was wifeless in in the White House. Uh, Wilson. No, uh, but having a. But but. He could, but his wife died, so he had an excuse. But, yeah, James Buchanan. And it was funny because I, I think it's interesting that, that when Carrie mentioned James Buchanan and there was that lull in the group, I don't know whether that speak. Now I have a third option, okay? Right. The one option was that uh, was that a lot of these people who – watch Stephen Colbert or whatever are young people who don't know who in the hell James Buchanan is. The other option was they didn't actually believe uh, that, that President Trump was indeed the worst president. And the other one might have been, now that I know a little bit more about, about James Buchanan, 
The other one might have been, so are you saying that Trump is gay? <laughs> because, because, because John Kerry made mention of the fact – here, here, here's the joke before we get away because I got to go. Are adults in the room? Does this comfort you in any way? That scares the hell out of me. Okay. No, you know, I mean, first of all, there is a reassurance. It means that for James Buchanan, he's no longer the worst president. <laughs> So there might be a possibility that some of these people are also of the James Buchanan was gay crowd, and they were like, dude, you just attacked our first gay president. <laughs> so I wonder whether or not it would be funny if we somehow were able to turn this into John Kerry attacking the first gay president. Now, that would be good. Awesome. There's got to be yeah. some way the propaganda team get out there right. and, and, and make Can that happen for us. believe that? Oh, I never Can got around to asking you about what happened in France where they completely banned cell phones. This is right up your alley with your new operation, right? Yeah. Yep. Learn with Moxie, learnwithmoxie.com, where they totally banned cell phones from schools in France. Good. Totally on board. Totally on board. It would be a long conversation as to why I'm fully on board with that and all the reasons for why I feel that way, but on board. Good for you. Well, at Aiden School, uh, we, teachers, they have little... One teacher had this thing hanging up in the room, and everybody had a number. Put your phone in there. You walk into the room, you put your phone in there, and it's done. But France likes to ban stuff, so that's probably it's still probably a good idea. It's extreme, but but they do like to ban stuff. When it comes to this particular issue, I'm very extreme, and I know I am, and I'm okay with that. Yeah. Listen, I think a school can do whatever it wants to do and can set right. whatever standards it wants to set. I believe that with, like when people complain, like, you know, why can't I wear, why can't my son wear a t-shirt with, with, I hate Trump on it or with. Uh, There's a band called A Million Dead Cops. Or Trump peeing on an Obama statue right. or something. Why, why can't I do that? I go, well, you know, a school has the right to tell you if they don't want you to wear certain T-shirts. If they just want you to wear only white T-shirts, then that's just the way it's going to go. Couldn't agree with you more. I'm always supportive of the administrations more as than anything I. else. As am I. They usually make the right decisions for the kids. Not always. Not always. All right, Gia Valenti. Thanks for having me, Jamie. No problem. Thanks for coming in. Don't forget our Radio Free Almond first official happy hour at Santino Cigars and Cocktails. It's going to be on the 27th of September. It's a Thursday, so mark your calendars. We'll have the County Browns out there with barbecue. We're going to raise money for backstoppers. We're going to have some fun out there. Don't forget to go to RadioFreeAlmond.com for all of your... RFA gear. There are people wanting V-necks. Yes, they are. I'm sure Julie's got them. Maybe we should work on that for the for the fall line. Yeah, V-necks are great. 
lot of people like V-necks over crew necks because you know it's kind of like yeah. Some people don't like that constricting feeling there. Right, right. All right, we'll have turtlenecks. A RFA turtlenecks. <laughs> <laughs> That'd be cool. You know, you have the you have the 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 logo on the right. on the on the turtleneck. <laughs> you could wear it under your baseball uniforms, people. All right, have a good one.